Welcome everybody to the Tuesday show. How's everybody going out there? My name is James Chen and I am joined alongside once again by Mr. Ultra David and TubeAware. How you guys doing? I'm doing great, James. Big energy. I'm feeling good. I'm happy to see that you're all pumped up as well. What about you, TubeAware? Give me that energy, buddy. Thanks. Thanks for keeping it up. Thanks for keeping up your end of the deal. I'm a, I'm a real wild card. You don't understand, David. <laughs> you don't I understand. I appreciate that. Uh, yep. All right. Here's what we're going to be doing. You can check it out on the side for yourself. But if you can't do that, we're going to be talking about the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Is It exists. The LG it's Ultra Gear thing. Fight Night and the stuff that happened around that and surrounding that. We'll talk about EVO 21, uh, 2021 Showcase and also have special guests Tom and Tony Cannon. That's talk about Evo. Crazy. <laughs> very cool. Very Exclusive much that here on Ultra Chen TV. That's true. It'll and, be fun. Uh, we'll have viewer questions. Congrats in advance to everybody who submitted a question for the viewer for questions of 5-5 because you're, you all made it. Congratulations. You, you did it. Every, everybody did it. Uh, there's only two submissions, so congratulations. I thought we had three <laughs> questions. No, we have three uh, questions. No, that was one from the previous week that I put on there temporarily and decided to take off. That was not actually a new question. Oh, no. uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Strive numbers. Who made it into heaven? We're going to be talking about CPT. We're going to be talking about Evo warm up, and then we'll get to the mailbag. But let's start by talking about the Nickelodeon All Star Brawl. Big news today that I had <laughs> no expectation of. <laughs> uh, you know who I you know who I think had an expectation of this. Oh. Let me let me quote this important tweet from last week that will say who I will ask again, who would everyone main in a 90s Nick at Night fighting game? Stephanie Brownback nailed it, knew exactly what was going to be the Whoa. point of discussion for the coming week. Whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Uh, Tweets that we... age well, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's a platform fighter. It's up to four simultaneous players. It uses Nickelodeon characters. I mean, what do you want? Like, it, it's it's classic characters. It's more obscure characters. It's characters from all over the, like, timeline of Nick games. So here's a brief rundown of what we know. So there's going to be Danny Phantom from the eponymous Danny Phantom. There's going to be Zim from also the eponymous Invader Zim. There's going to be Reptar from the Rugrats. Helga from Hey Arnold. Lincoln Loud and Lucy Loud from The Loud House. Oblina from Ah Real Monsters. Patrick Starr, Sandy Cheeks, and SpongeBob SquarePants from SpongeBob SquarePants. Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Powdered Toast Man. Nigel Thornberry from the Wild Thornberries and Leonardo and Michelangelo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There may be others. I mean, there will be others. The Twitter account for the developers like was like, yeah, there's going to be others. We don't know which ones they're going to be. Six other characters is what they said. We'll see which ones those end up being. It's going to feature 20 stages based on Nick's shows as well. <laughs> Interestingly, it reportedly has rollback netcode mm, as we unsupported platforms. Whatever unsupported that means. Platforms. That's right. That's right. As we're going to be talking about this forever, um, according to the the timer down there, uh, and it reportedly also has wave dashing as well. So it's intended to be um, 
I would imagine a competitive game. They're, they're thinking about that kind of stuff. It's from the devs who made Slap City, which has it is. that kind of stuff as well. Have you guys ever played that game? No. No, I've seen it played, and I've heard good things about it. So. Yeah, same. Same. Hopefully, they did something cool with uh, the Nickelodeon game. Definitely, yeah. Um, so, right. So we don't we don't know that much about it. Otherwise, there was a little trailer where it, it talked about it a little bit. I'm very curious to see what other characters are in there. Some because some of these choices I think are are cool. Am I happy to see Powder Toast Man? Yes. Is Tubbleware happy? Yes. You already know that. But like, from Ren and Stimpy, Powder Toast Man, and not Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> or I don't know a couple of other potential characters from that game. I just think that's that would be weird if it wasn't well, also Ren and Stimpy. I mean, well, I mean, you mentioned that, David, but there could be the case of uh, the fact that maybe they don't have the rights to Ren and Stimpy anymore. Ren and Stimpy went to MTV. It was on Comedy Central, I believe. Like maybe Nickelodeon sold those rights, but they got to keep some residual characters. Maybe there's some ties in who can make Ren and Stimpy video games. We don't know. I mean, that's that's another thing. Like Doug, everybody's where are the Doug characters. Yeah. You know, where's Speeder Bubble? <laughs> Doug isn't owned by Nickelodeon. That's owned by Disney now. So you're not going to see any Doug characters, most likely. So there might be some disappointments like that. I'm really hoping that Ren and Stimpy are ice climbers type characters and they're oh, in the geez. game and they just haven't been shown yet. That's what oh, I'm really hoping. No. But Dude, No, no, no. That is Phil and Lil from the Rugrats. Fighting babies? Yeah, as as ice climbers type characters, obviously it's those two. I don't know, I don't know if why you guys are fighting babies. I, 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 I feel like Red Card is the only choice. You, no, you no should all be praising me for that pick. I think that's, that's ba- I can I don't want to hit babies. I think it's genius. I think it's genius. Look, I feel uh, like that this is the closest I'm gonna get maybe to the possibility of having the uh Avatar slash Korra fighting game, right? Like I feel like that they've got to get added in here, so uh, You would think Ong would be in there, yeah. yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny to see people talk about this because it so many of the people who are like obviously I'm friends with and follow on Twitter are like more or less my same age, maybe give or take ten years or something. But most of us are like, oh, sick powdered toast man, or yeah. you know, Leo and Michelangelo, or even even Helga, or even like Reptar. Even That's SpongeBob, cool. even you know. Yeah, yeah, even some people are like, oh, SpongeBob. I I like SpongeBob. I was. I think already in college or, or at the end of high school when it started, but like somehow I ended up watching it enough. My brother's a lot younger than me. Maybe that's how it was. So, but I like it. I don't know anything about Invader Zim. I heard it's cool. I never watched it. I don't know anything about Danny Phantom. I've actually never heard of The Loud House before. I me had neither. That was brand yeah. new for me. <laughs> the Loud and Lincoln Loud. I, that, that was, was a, brand new for me. That was, that was quite a little... Uh, lesson in how like separated i am from pop culture was to just be like oh it's they're famous enough to be in this and i have never even heard of it once uh, now isn't there yeah. isn't there a real our real monsters character in there didn't you say there was one there is an our real monsters character yeah uh, it's oblina yeah oblina is that the one that was voiced by christine kavanaugh because uh she was a famous actress who did a bunch of voices like babe and stuff like that and uh she passed away recently too well not even recently a few years ago and so i wonder how they're gonna do that with like the voices and stuff it'll be kind of well that part i don't know but oblina is in there and it would be cool to have crumb in there 
the guy who holds his eyeballs in his hands. Oh, and, yeah, and yeah. He throw his eyes at people. Yeah, and his dad lost an eye, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that show. That was good. Uh, all right, I see I'm the only one who found that show funny. <laughs> I never saw it. I never watched it. So, I mean, like, seriously, out of all of these Nickelodeon shows on here, I think Ren and Stimpy might be the only one that I've even watched. Like, I don't know most of them at all. Like, I, I didn't even watch Spongebob, dude. So, oh, Rugrats. Rugrats came out in 91 along with Ren and Stimpy. Didn't watch. Yeah, James was already a 30 year old man in 91. <laughs> didn't didn't watch Rugrats. Uh, I was an adult. You were already in high school, I guess, huh? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I would be. If it came out at the same time as Ren and Stimpy, yeah, I'd be in high school already. So, But yeah, it's okay. crazy. I've barely watched any of these things. I mean, people are talking about, what is it, the legend, legends of the hidden temple stages and stuff like that. But, you know, they could definitely do a lot of things uh, with it. And the the amount of chatter that this game has generated on social media has been extremely impressive <laughs> I, I i think my biggest hope for the game is you turn it on and you go to the tutorial mode and there's clarissa yeah and she's taking you through the tutorial and she's explaining it all yep <laughs> clarissa explaining it all i just i would lose my shit if that's if, if that's they the could actually get i'm not expecting it yeah, but if they could know. get the original actress, like, and just do like a you know CG, you know, computer generated Clarissa, and have her explain it, yeah. I think that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, but it really, it's generated a lot of chatter because, again, like, it it's, it's spanning all these generations, it's spanning people who who literally, in some cases, I'm sure, grew up watching Rugrats and you know the original generation of Nicktoons, and now they have kids and like they're watching it with their kids. That's for sure happening. Oh, that's like right. Was Clarissa explains it all? The Loud House. That was the Melissa Joan Hart show. That was, it was Melissa Joan Hart. Hart show. Oh, that yeah. was the one I think where she also like she was clearly a fan of They Might Be Giants because she had like They Might Be Giants posters and stuff on the show, and she would like hide those kind of things in there or something like that. But <laughs> anyone you remember, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, as as far as as far as the characters that they've announced, I mean, that's those are the ones. I think many of those make a lot of sense, just because, uh, again, I mean, a lot of the ones that they pick like are the main characters more or less. But it's like Helga from Hey Arnold and not Arnold from Hey Arnold, or I think it would be cool. I don't know why you're against babies being in the game. Babies are in many many video games as playable characters. <laughs> but why does Rugrats have Reptar? and not any of the actual? Why main wouldn't characters? they have Reptar? Reptar is no, sick. Reptar- I, please don't misunderstand me. I do think it's sick that Reptar's it. I'm definitely on board with that. But why not also any of the Pickles family? Why not Why not anybody else? Why, what are you doing? Phil and Lil, again, the idea of them as ice climbers. You just want to... I'm you know completely what? by myself. David just like wants to relive better. his old hockey days, okay? That's just all it comes down to, where he's just beating up on little kids, man. <laughs> Just because I was a five foot eight, thirteen year old who was playing in a league with people in fourth grade, doesn't mean I was beating up on babies. Yes, it does. That's literally what it means. It definitely does mean that. Yeah, it was a, not a good. I mean, arrangement. The, the thing uh, about it is, though, I mean, I think a lot of the excitement also just comes from the fact that, like you mentioned, it's just it seems like they're actually like really paying attention to this. Like, it's going to have GameCube controller support. 
I, I was right. reading about that. And it, like you said, the rollback net code and I don't know, like the wave dashing, like it almost feels like they're trying to create their own melee or something, except I don't know. You saw that, uh, yeah. vi- that, that clip of, uh, Patrick's command grab or something like that. Like he's like sailing up at the top. Nigel's down here and he just goes like right up there and gets tossed. So yeah, we'll see uh, how that works out. But uh, yeah, right. GameCube controller support, dude. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, it, yeah. it seems like they're intending to make it a, a competitive game. It doesn't seem like it's just supposed to be a bunch of jokes, uh, which is cool. Yeah, talking about the stages, there's a lot of really cool stage ideas that I've seen bandied about. The idea of a Stoop Kid stage is actually hilarious. I like that one a lot, Neko Joe. Uh, but, you know, you in that, in that trailer, you saw a stage for the Flying Dutchman's shit from SpongeBob, which was cool. That's a good call out. A lot of good ones. A lot of good ones potentially from Ren and Stimpy that I think would be hilarious. The tall <laughs> burning building with Mr. Horse falling down would be great. That's one I thought just of have really. a spaceship uh, with the red button. If anyone touches the button, the, the, the stage just disappears. It just, the, the match be... just ends. Nobody yeah, wins. Yeah. <laughs> the, game, the game actually just softbox. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, do you guys... What like as far as all right? So I'm trying to think of a good way to word this. It didn't look like a very high budget game. Okay. So what are you guys expecting out of this? Out of, I mean, it just got announced. It comes out in three months. We had never heard anything about it before. It wasn't the prettiest game I've ever seen. It didn't seem very high budget. Are we? Are we? Should we expect a lot out of this, or should we kind of just take everything with a grain of salt when it comes out? Yeah, I don't think that I'm expecting it to be... It seems like they're intending it to be competitive, and it seems like they're intending it to be fun and funny, but I don't think that I would expect it to have, like, fantastic graphics or, like, some detailed story mode or whatever. I think it's going to be, you know, these characters are going to be beating each other up as here's the story mode. Oh, Nickelodeon characters. What? No story, you know? Just, yeah. They're, they're going to have a blast. And, and, yeah, as far as graphics, I'm not really expecting much. Conceivably, it could be a situation like how Power Rangers Battle for the Grid came out, and it didn't look good. And over time, they've improved right. how it has looked a lot, and they've improved right. the sound on it, and they have added a bunch more stuff and more characters and yada yada. And and could be that that kind of thing is in their future too. But yeah, I'm not going into this expecting the world. I'm basically expecting like, well, because since it's rollback, I'll get to play against friends in a game that we are going to find fun and funny. Like, that's <laughs> about my expectation level. Yeah. I mean, the way the FGC works, though, I mean, I know we say we don't have to have graphics, but there's an extent of, like, having something that's cartoony and passable as opposed to let's take all these cartoony characters and try to make them look as realistic in blah colors as possible, you know. But, I mean, look, we've played Sailor Moon, you know. We play all sorts of crazy games. I think if this game is fun and... The presentation is just, you know, designed to be silly enough. I, I can't see why people wouldn't get used to it. And I mean, I think it would be a cool addition. You know, obviously we've had the conversation before, FGC, Smash, are we separate? Are we together? Whatever. I mean, for the Smash events, the Smash specific events, it would be cool to have more, you know, even more side games for them to, to play just besides Smash. So, you know, and I'm And sure- it's coming out on a ton of platforms, too. So yeah. everybody's gonna have access to play it. That's, that's a, definitely a plus. I did they they didn't mention anything about crossplay, did they? 
no, not that I've seen. Okay. Dude, if they added crossplay in there, you know, it's just, <laughs> like it's just like this is the ultimate I mean, game, dude. Brawlhalla has crossplay and right. amazing netcode and all that stuff, so why not, right? I mean, granted, Blue Mammoth got or Blue Yet or whatever, Blue whatever their company has got bought by Ubisoft, and then they got a ton of money to do all that stuff with. But <laughs> still, like they they had that stuff planned before all that, you know what's happening yeah, it's true um, actually power rangers has all of that too right roll back yeah yeah power rangers too, yeah, and so. everything so yeah yeah I don't, I don't think game budget always has a ton to do with that i mean obviously some of it has to go there but if you plan for it it seems like it's possible you know mm-hmm. well, well i really hope that ren and snippy are going to be in there i'm hoping that other characters from other games are going to be in there like it would wouldn't it be weird if it's just like Michelangelo and Leo and not the other turtles? <laughs> well, I mean, at least they got one of the good ones in there in Leonardo, right? Who cares about, you know, Donatello and Raphael, you know? Why are you like this? What are you doing? <laughs> Who hurt you, James? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, oh, man. That, the show's over. That's it. Yeah, you just ended it, <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, yeah. Um, as far as anything else to say about this game? Uh, not that I can think of. It's the okay. Smash Killer. Smash is dead. All hail Nickelodeon All Star Battle Game. I I hope it's good. I hope the netcode is good. I, good. I just want to beat up people with powdered toast, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as the announced characters go, <laughs> I'm probably in for powdered toast, man, or for maybe Patrick Star. I could see myself playing. He seems like a dingus. I mean, uh, if he has that vacuum for a, a command grab, yeah. that's like very yeah. Zangief-like from old school days. I mean, that might be the way to go. So, yeah, totally. Um, okay, with the last couple minutes here, I just uh, last week we had a five-five matchup submission that we didn't get to. That um, I was wondering if Tubbo maybe you can just answer now because it's very related to this. Why is it that Brawlhalla, arguably the most successful platform fighter after Smash, is so removed from the bulk of the FGC? Can or should we look at changing that? I think this is kind of an interesting topic in the light of this game's yeah. uh, discussion. So, very quickly, to explain this in two minutes, Combo Breaker 2016 uh, was the first offline major event for Brawlhalla. I'm the one who made that happen. I got in touch with their uh, their community manager at the time, Riven, who is my friend uh, Dan now. Um, we got together with Foda and they literally made like 32 cherry pie little consoles and they loaded up like thousands and thousands of drivers for controllers so that everybody could plug their keyboard and mouse or their controllers in. They did this all on their own, like ambition. We didn't give them any extra money for it. We just gave them space to have Brawlhalla at Combo Breaker. And it ended up getting like 200 some entrance, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, uh, the reason it doesn't work that way is because their net play has always been fantastic. And it's way too hard to rig up 32 plus computers for an open bracket event. It's just too hard. Granted, now the game is on console. It's not that big of a deal, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the issues comes that there's a lot of keyboard mouse players for that game. They can't play on console. Like it, it's... It's just oh, easier for them to run tournaments online and then have invitationals in person. It's that's that's what everybody's been trying to tell people when they say we should move to PC for fighting games is that you can do it on a small scale, but doing it with thousands and thousands of entrants, it right. just it's not it's not possible. It's I've, not it's it's not you can't do it. 
but yeah that's 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 all i really like that's the 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 long and the short of it is i helped them start their esports stuff uh and then they took it and they went to final round they went to ceo and they do these offline events now but it's kind of its own thing it's not really smash it's not really fgc it's just yeah. brawlhalla it's just their own thing they, they do have uh events at some tournaments they were at they ceo do. i they were like, at do they hack as well do they actually uh run like do they actually play it at most smash events brawlhalla or do you know they it does get played there yeah i okay. mean and a lot of a lot of like if they're not officially hosting it it'll get side posted or at our side evented or whatever you want to call it um so there is some crossover but really at the end of the day brawlhalla players are just their own community it's not they don't really bleed over into fgc or smash very much hmm i mean it kind of reminds me like relative i mean like you know there is a little bit of a tie in here but i remember the first year that when Dead or Alive came out on 360. It was the most played online game at 360, and so we included it at Evo. And then nobody showed up to play it at Evo. Jason Cole slept his way into a top eight at Evo West, I believe it was. Like, literally, <laughs> he slept his way into the top eight. And um, it was because the players got used to playing it online, and so it wasn't like something that, you know, they, they didn't have that go offline thing so one of the reasons why smash is successful is because you know people don't talk about the melee was only offline and so it kind of created that kind of uh culture for them you know so it's interesting all right well you want to move on to the next one here let's move on Mm -hmm. okay let's talk about the lg ultra gear fight night which took place over the weekend, of course. Uh, this was a Street Fighter event that was put on by LG, as you could probably tell from the name. And it featured a bunch of different, I was Tekken and Street Fighter, I should say. Um, and it was in Europe and North America and East Asia. There's different regions, uh, of course, is, is pretty standard. And just, just briefly, the results include Daigo winning Street Fighter in East Asia. And Wait. In NA East, Punk took that over Arturo in Grand Finals. And in uh, South America, broadly defined, I guess, it's Mena RD who took it in Street Fighter. And then Tekken East Asia, Chikorin won it. Tekken NA East was won by Shadow. Tekken Western Europe was won by Sefi Black. So just a, a little bit of a, of a run through. Um, you know, oftentimes we save tournaments to discuss them near the end of the show, but we thought that this would be better in this case to talk about it earlier, just because there's more to talk about on this, uh, and and not necessarily about the results. So there was a bunch of money on the line, $48,000 overall. That's including all of the regions and all of the games, a bunch of money. Uh, and it was, again, sponsored by LG, very large company and sponsor, sponsors a lot of other stuff too. The format was weird, okay? The format, here's the format. Basically, it's Tekken format. It was three out of five rounds per game huh. with 60 seconds in round. This is in Street Fighter Five, right? In Street Fighter, exactly, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so you said three rounds per game, or, and then well, three, out of five, per three out of five rounds, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what three I mean, three out of five rounds. Mm-hmm. And 60 second rounds. What and then the in losers, yeah. so in, in winner's side, two out of three, but in losers, it was actually first to one with that. First to one with, again, three out of five rounds uh, in a game. 
Um, that's pretty weird. I mean, conceivably, it was just copy-pasted from the Tekken rules about the three out of five rounds and 60 <laughs> seconds. Like, that's Tekken oh, standard. Right. Just applied uh, it to Street uh, Fighter uh. for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know where the first to one came from in Loser's Side, but that was a choice that they made on that. There's been a lot of discussion about this. Like, what's sort of what's the origin of this? How did this come about? But then maybe more importantly, like, how to, how to deal with this as players? This is weird. It's certainly not at all tournament standard in the FGC, but is it something to get mad about? There's a lot of money on the line. They're providing dollars. Like, should we be cool with that as a result? How do you guys come down on this? I mean, to me, what you said about them copying and pasting the rule set from Tekken to Street Fighter sounds 100% like what happened. I mean, that seems like that seems like the likeliest scenario here. They were just like, oh, let's just put the rule set to this, and they just threw it in there like that. First to one is kind of weird. I mean, again, the, the conversation that I was seeing on Twitter was that, you know, the rule set might be weird, but it sounded like the rule set showed up like three days before the tournament or something, as opposed to like a week beforehand or something, or even just months sure. beforehand, you know, when the when the event was announced. I mean, I don't know why you would go outside normal tournament standard format, but if you do... It'd be nice to know that way in advance, right? So, so some of the yeah. players, I should say, dropped out before the tournament or mid-tournament because of this. Uh, it was a set of, of invitationals, you know, hmm. so they, it wasn't like something you qualified for. They invited people to be part of this. And, um, and yeah, some of the players either just were like, I'm not going to do it, or, like, mid-bracket were like, I'm not going to put up, I'm not going to handle this anymore. I'm out <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally have an issue with just accepting sponsorship from disingenuous sponsors. I don't want, I don't want companies in the FGC, even if they're giving us dope shit, even if they're throwing monitors out of windows at us, Hey, everybody gets a monitor for free. Even if they're doing that, I don't, I want companies that are interested in the FGC, like Red Bull. You know, stuff like that is awesome where they've done their research and they actually, even if they don't care, they do a real good job at pretending to care. Like, you know, like that's that's what I, I want. I want brands that uh, are interested in seeing us grow. So when you're sponsored by them, it's more of a partnership and you want to grow with each other and do great things together. Like, that's dope. But if you just got a bunch of free stuff to throw at us and you don't give a shit what our tournament standards are or how we expect to play or anything like that it just it just comes off as really disingenuous and you're just trying to cash in and that's grimy i don't like it feels dirty to me i don't know when it comes to this particular event i find myself not caring like super much about the idea of they had a weird rule set but yeah i mean as far as the broader point of like do i want people involved in the scene who aren't like really putting in the time to learn it not really i guess what i hope is that and what i've heard may be the case is that they're like open to change and that they're trying to get feedback and hopefully next time it will be different be, i don't know that that would, be that, that would be that would be good i don't know that it makes sense to say like they're trying to cash in no i'm not saying like this 
What are they going to make in the FGC? I'm just like? speaking in generalities. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's been times in the past where that have ha- that has happened. And it's been very clear that that's what was happening. But people were like, no, they're giving us all this. We should just take it. And I understand that mentality, too. You know, get the bag, but be responsible about it as well. I mean, yeah, I just think that it's, I just think that it's strange having having rules like this. If I were a player and I were invited to this, I probably wouldn't have dropped out. I probably would have thought, well, there's a bunch of money on the line. Like, I would like to probably I would probably like to win this. I think that would be my uh, my feeling about it. But I, I also don't think that it's. There are there are things that I would not want to get paid by, you know, the way that it turns out that I think we play was funded or at least was taking money from. I wouldn't want to get funded by them, like, like right. things like that. Um, I'm I'm not on board with, but but this I don't think there's anything malicious. I just think that it's an oversight or it's more on that like degree that like degree of mistake rather than like anything nefarious is going on. So I don't think that I would feel bad about it. It's just. I, I do want there to be more of an effort made, of course. And this is something we've been talking about on the FGC for many, many years. We, I at least, my position, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, I'm totally cool with having a lot of other entities in the scene right. and having mm-hmm. outside entities in the scene too, as well as endemic ones, fantastic. You bring up Red Bull, it's a really, really good example. But there are other examples of this too. Uh, before I thought that WePlay was getting funded by weird illegal gambling stuff, I was on board for it. <laughs> uh, so, like th- things like that, I am I am cool with. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it, it's just it's just a question of you know not wanting to feel like the scene is getting railroaded in any way, or not wanting to feel like like they are like they don't care about how we like to do things in the scene. Uh, some change is cool. Obviously, I'm I'm on board with that. But there are also things that the scene feels is standard and good, like. It shouldn't be first to one in loser's side, like things like that, like that probably don't need to be changed. Uh, that I think could be could be better done if they just paid a little bit more attention to the scene. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I still remember, you know, uh, at Evo Japan, I got to talk to some people from Cup of Noodles, and I thought that they were doing an awesome job with the way that they are integrating with the FGC. You know, it was. It was just more like, hey, we're here to support kind of thing. The thing about the LG thing here is I just, it's like, if you're going to run an event like this, you know, get an expert, you know, and it, there's, that's, that's the thing, right? Is it probably to them, it feels like this is some weird video game thing, you know, we don't have to take it all that seriously and stuff, but it's not that hard just to find somebody who knows people or just understands the scene to come and kind of be in charge of it, especially with so many groups like Tenno level up and, you know, even, you know, just all these people out there who can run these events for you. Now, obviously it'll cost you a little money for that, but you know, if it's just something as simple as hire Arturo Sanchez, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to come and run an event kind of thing, you know, I just feel like there's so many resources out there. I just feel like there's a little disconnect or maybe just a lack of seriousness, I guess. Like I said, I don't want to make it sound like they're like, whatever, like they probably took it seriously, but they probably didn't realize how serious it is within the scene itself that we have like these hardcore rules and stuff like that. So they spent $48,000 on prizes. So <laughs> if they had instead put a, a couple of those 
or just even it out to 50. I don't know what LG's budget like, but in my head, it's gigantic. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if they, yeah, if they had put some some tiny percentage of that towards having somebody like that involved, yeah. maybe that maybe things could have been avoided. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, Seg, Seg has the best answer in the chat right now. Is the problem is they probably hired someone who called themselves a video game expert. You know, there was probably somebody out there. I got it. I know how to do this. I can do it just fine. Fake it till you make it kind of thing. You know what I mean? Or maybe they really thought that they did know what was going on and they just really didn't. So I don't know if you guys spend much time on LinkedIn. I don't. But whenever I go up there uh, again, every time there are so many people who pretend to be esports experts on there. I've never heard of and who definitely don't do anything in esports. Maybe they like video games and esports, but as far as like, are they esports consultants? Absolutely not, or shouldn't be, I guess I should say. And that's like a running joke when it comes to people who are sort of more in the know on production side and and even even player side, team side, uh, has been a running joke for many years. Um, on the lawyer side as well, like. A, People pretending to be the experts who, who actually aren't, who are just trying to yeah, fake it till they make it or whatever it is. Are you Could saying be? I can make a LinkedIn profile and call myself a lawyer and get myself some clients? Is that what you're telling me? Okay, maybe not a lawyer, but if you are a lawyer, <laughs> you can make a LinkedIn profile saying, hey, everybody, I'm a lawyer and I'm handling esports law projects. Even if you've never done that before in your life, you could say, I'm, gonna, I'm handling it. You you're, oh, shouldn't say I have handled it. That's not true, but... You could say that you are that you can do that, right? Like that's conceivable, oh, and man. and I've seen that, and I know a lot of other people who have seen that kind of stuff as well. I don't know if that's what happened here, to be clear, but well, David, you've inspired me. I'm gonna go make a questionable LinkedIn page after this. There, there really are a lot. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get me an esports gig. I finally figured out how they do it. No, that's uh, what we were saying, 16-bit. Yeah, they probably just copy and pasted the Tekken rules right in there, unfortunately. Yep, most likely. So. But, you know, there's there's some discussion as well, just to maybe put a finer point on it, that maybe we're giving up opportunities by, by, by being overly critical about the rules being bad, about, you know, the players pulling out because the rules were different. Like, some of the rounds were weird, right? Like, players won by timeout quite a bit in the Street Fighter tournament, which it is said, not something you tend to It said see. Daigo had a, a game where he won all three rounds by timeout. Bummer. Well, good, <laughs> good strategy, Daigo. You know I what mean, he was that, doing. That actually does make strategic sense for Guile yeah, to do. Yeah, you know like, what he was that, doing. That, that does make sense, yeah. I mean, yeah. look, um, Daigo just are, misses... Are we... Daigo misses Street Fighter Cross Tekken, too. So there you go. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but um, are we giving up opportunities? Are players giving up opportunities? Are, are broadcasters, commentators, there the is, general, are they giving up opportunities for, for by doing there this? There is no proof that this would alter the future to us not getting opportunities because some people dropped out of this invitational and some fans didn't like the rules and there is some complaining there's zero chance that this would ruin future opportunities i think there is no proof i think arturo or anybody else who's saying that people should be more grateful and and you know kind of suck up to these new sponsors because they they screwed up and be easy with them i think that's whack 
I think that's super whack. <laughs> so, uh, I think we should be honest and tell them like, hey, we don't have to be assholes about it, obviously. Like, you don't have to, you know, slam on your keyboard in all caps, I hate LG. You know, don't do that. But just be real. Like, look, if you guys cared, you would know that we played two out of three rounds, three out of five right. games. Yeah. You would know I that. Mean, just to, uh, you know, it's, it's simple. Just in defense for Arturo, uh, I know he feels largely like similarly to me, for example. Not, I'm not saying that, you know, like I don't feel like we should just, hey, LG, thanks, you know, kind of thing like that. But I mean, from my standpoint and from Arturo's standpoint, God, we've been in this for so long. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been waiting so long for the right stuff to come along. And then when the opportunity finally seems to present itself, it, we, you know, there tends to be a lot of pushback. And I can understand where his frustration comes from, especially for him. He's trying to build. I mean, think about it. He was one of the first people to embrace Macharino. Right. When Macharino first came out, you know, he was like, this is a great idea. And I remember when a lot of people first saw it, everyone's like, it's kind of shady again. Like none of this stuff ever pans out the way it does. And now Macharino is like one of the most important components of the FGC during the pandemic and everything like that. You know, I get where Arturo is coming from. I understand where he's coming from. So, you know what the way he's seeing this i think is less like let's just accept everything but okay lg ran this event they didn't do it well who's gonna step up try to contact lg and be like hey next time you run an event come talk to me let's do something better now right instead of being like you guys sucked forget lg let's never work with them again but more like hey look Cool try, nice try, but let's cool try. let's make cool this try. let's make this work basically, and I think that that's that's kind of where he's coming from, and I think that is a, a very correct way to look at it. You know, you can give him a shot, and it turns out like if if you go there, and then all of a sudden, Mister Mister Video Game Expert is on top, and he won't listen to you and takes all the credit and is a complete jerk. Well, then yeah, of course, then you just jump chip basically at that point in time but this sounds like a job for weird shady esports expert linkedin account tubaware.com that's <laughs> what i yeah. think you should be doing right now they shot the lg hire that first guy. first you should make your linkedin account as esports expert tubaware my I'm my linkedin account no joke says that i am a twitch partner and that's the only thing it says about nice. what i do so i'm basically one of those esports guys i guess you are i mean i seriously yeah. I, I again i don't use it very often but when i check in there like once or twice a year or whatever it is i got all these messages from whatever esports person who i've never yep. heard of and is not doing anything in esports and they just i don't want to be a jerk about it but like they are not actually consultants <laughs> Who work in esports, but right. are passing themselves off that way. <laughs> I'm going to send you so many messages on LinkedIn now. <laughs> You're going to do it. Oh, no. I'm going to be like, I'm I am esports expert James Chen, who knows all about the League of the Legends. And You're you know, the King of the Legends. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. And, the, and the Underwatch and everything like that. Yeah. So. yeah, this new shooter game, Valorax. Yeah, that one's <laughs> Valorax. <laughs> I heard that's a good one. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh, All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think that having the discussion just in a more productive way could be could be fine. Yeah. Don't say, hey, we would be happy to have this weird format again. Like, you don't need to be like that. But yeah, you also don't need to be a, a jerk. There's a middle ground where you can say, hey, the reality of the situation is that we 
would prefer it if you did it this way. Happy to have you involved, right? That's mm -hmm. great. But like, let's have it be done in a way that is more community standard, that is not gonna upset anybody in the community. And it would be really weird, I feel, if right. that would actually make them leave the scene. Like, so, that would just, right, what a look. silly reason. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best Tubo impersonation right now, okay? Okay, okay, go. got it. <clears throat> In other words, LG, if you want to hire someone to run your next FGC event, <laughs> I'm right here. Hire me, James Chen. There you go. I am your FGC expert. There you go. I, I You know, you would have done a better job than whoever set it up the first time, for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. Anything else to say on this one? Nah, let's move on. All right, let's move on. And let's talk about the next one, but we're not going to be talking about it for super long because we have other people who will be talking about yeah, it as well shortly thereafter. The Evo 2021 showcase was announced today from the tweet that was put out on twitter.com forward slash Evo. Get ready <laughs> yeah, right. for a new FGC tradition with the Evo 2021 showcase. The top players from each participating region of the EVO 2021 online main events reunite in Las Vegas at the UFC Apex Arena and Production Complex on November 27th to 28th for one more competition. Featured games include Guilty Gear Strive, Mortal Kombat 11, Street Fighter 5, Tekken 7, and Skullgirls. They'll be giving out $125,000 in total prizes with $25,000 per game. Uh, we have mentioned this over the last couple of weeks, but registration for Evo 2021 online actually closes July 15th, end of day Pacific time, July 15th, which is Correct. in just a couple of days. Yep. So if you want to get into into the Evo main event, then like make sure that you sign up soon. And if you're yep. not in the Evo main event, then it sounds like you can't also get into this because you need to... Um, it says the top players from each participating region of the EVO 2021 online main events reunite. So you have to have placed well in that in order to get into this. Anyway, the yes, conclusion, yes. make sure that you are entered into EVO if you are uh, if you want to play in EVO or if you want to be involved in this kind of stuff. Um, as far as uh, as far as the regions, because it mentions regions there, you know, I went to, to check on this to make sure Asia, Latin America, North America and Europe and for some of these games, like for Scroll Girls and Strive, it's just like, well, Europe's going to have a competition or like Latin America is going to have a competition because the Internet's super good. The netcode's so good. But right. for Street Fighter and Tekken, there's a little bit more um, extra variation. There's some extra subregions because, the you know, onlines are OK in that game, but it's not not nearly as good. Sure. But there's not some of the other ones. Um, there's no Australia. There's no Africa. There's no Middle East. Uh, there's no south asia in the sense of like india and pakistan or southeast asia but um but yeah so there's a, a bunch of regions are accounted for but not every single one uh anyway what do you guys think give me some responses uh cool <laughs> i mean I, I i honestly i'm just waiting for tom and tony to come on and tell us more because I, I don't know what to think. Like you mentioned, the regions are a bit different everywhere, so I'm not sure what to think regarding that. I don't. I just I need to know more before I have a real opinion. I mean, it's dope that Evo is going to be back in Vegas in any form. It's dope that they're going to be in person playing the games, you know, for the finals. Like that's that's really cool. And there's a bunch of money on the line, I, I think, for each game. So yeah, awesome. Like all those things are great, but I, I just want to know more. 
yeah, twenty five thousand dollars per game. So yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think my primary reaction is the same. Like, it's sick that in-person stuff's going to happen. It's not going to yeah. be the big event, which continues to make sense, right? Uh, as much as I wish it, it was not like that, like, I still totally understand why that didn't happen. Hopefully next year. Hopefully next year. But it is at least nice to know that there will be something and, and that that will be in a, in an area, in a place that's more accessible to many of us. I don't know if there's even going to be, I guess we'll ask, maybe, I don't know if they can even say if there are going to be in-person spectators allowed at that. Oh, but in any case, if question, not, like it will be question. cool to have um, to have events like this. And and if it's a tradition, which is what the tweet says, it says, get ready for a new FGC tradition. Here's a lawyer brain for you. Does this imply that it's going to be a running thing? It'll happen every year. It's a new <laughs> tradition. What else would that mean? Huh? Huh? I mean, yeah. what this could mean is that August will have the normal Evo offline, but then we'll also have the you know, regional thing during the summer online as well. And then November, they fly everybody out for this exhibition-y kind of thing as well. Uh, they could do both. I mean, it's just cool to, to get a physical Evo presence this year, you know, to have yep. something like that. And I think that that's really neat. Uh, obviously, again, we'll talk to Tom and Tony a little bit about this, but Evo's doing yeah, a lot yeah. of rebranding and everything like that and trying to, you know... Uh, reestablish itself as as the juggernaut, you know. So um, I just, I it'll be really cool to have a, a offline Evo weekend to watch later on this year. You know, obviously last year there was no Evo at all, so I think that's really cool. I, I'm happy for it. So definitely, yeah. Look, we've even talked about this kind of thing in the past. Like, what if Evo? They have Evo Japan. There's Evo World. What if there was Evo something else? Mm-hmm. Some roving location? This was before the world ended when we were talking about this. What if it yeah. was in some some other location? Or I think we did I think we did talk about like what if they just did an online event? Then, okay, pandemic happens. It was gonna be an online event before it, it didn't happen. This year it's gonna be an online event. That's gonna be happening mm-hmm. in August, a couple weekends right. in August. That 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 stuff's gonna gonna happen. So yeah. yeah, it would be fantastic if there would be once everything's back to normal in some foreseeable, <laughs> or hopefully foreseeable future, maybe not too long from now, Evo World in Las Vegas, the big old regular one, Evo Japan would be cool to still happen, but wherever, Evo Korea, whatever it may be, and Evo Online, and this thing, the Evo Showcase, like that would be so <laughs> sick to have all these things happening. I, I would really like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you brought up the tradition thing. Now I'm worried. Does this mean the end of traditional Evo? A new tradition? I hope not, man. I, mean, I like I like big Evo. Yeah, yeah. Not, I know. not to be mistaken with big Levo or Levo or nope. however. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that's gonna happen when they can get offline stuff up and running again. Like Las Vegas, I was in Las Vegas last month and it is up and running as if nothing ever happened, and that's super sure. weird, actually. Yeah. Um, so I get not having that again. Like I completely makes sense to me to not have in-person Evo right now. All right. Anything else to say about this? Again, we're going to be talking about this more on the next segment as well. Yeah. I, I, anything else I want to say about it, I'd rather just ask Tom and Tony. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause we can makes get, sense. we don't have to speculate. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We go right to the next episode. Tom and Tony are probably we'll watching this. The they're watching it right now, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, in These fact, guys, look yeah. at this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think, but let me in. He's like, what are yeah. they doing yeah. right now? Oh all right, God. should all we right. just bring yeah. them on? Yeah, should let's go to a break. A break let's go to a break on. and let's bring them on. So we'll be right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Tom and Tony Cannon, Ink Blood and Ponder, coming up after this. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. And yeah, this is a definitely a special one here. We have some very special guests coming on. So let's go ahead and bring them both on over here. We have Tom and Tony Cannon here uh, on the Tuesday show. How are you guys doing? <laughs> doing well. Yeah, glad to be on. I've watched you guys on and off for gosh years. This is my first first appearance, so I'm ready. Let's go. Well, welcome to the show. Well, speaking of first appearances, before we talk about your guys' backstory and stuff, I just wanted to say I got a Facebook notification that today, ten years ago, was the first time that I commentated Evo. Shout outs to that. I thought that was hey, kind of cute. Hey, hey, anniversaries. That yeah, is cool. Yeah. <laughs> like give this man a cake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, that's that's been that's been a huge part of uh, of my career. So we'll we'll talk about sort of the history of evo we'll talk about some of the stuff that has gone on with it over the past you know year or so we'll talk about what's going on now and then also what's going on in the future but let's let's start out by talking a little bit about you two when it comes to getting involved in fighting games and in the fgc in the first place how did that begin man so do, do you want to go first Tony? go for it no you go for it i mean you're okay yeah so, uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, so Tony and I got into fighting games like right in the first Street Fighter 2 when it landed in like our local putt putt. Mm -hmm. And we were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is far from a hot spot. Oh. But we had, a, we had our local tournament scene and we thought we were, um, you know, hot stuff. Of course. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, like everybody else at the time. And then, um, let's see, we went to school, college, um, and pre internet days or pre World Wide Web, there were like text mix tests text-based message boards where like people from all over the country would just basically talk up how good they were at street fighter mm -hmm. and talk strategy and stuff and it was a lot of egos ours included and so like we just decided to like hey let's put up or shut up and like everybody agreed to come to this arcade and we'll do like a real tournament and that ended up being like b3 back in like 1992 or something yeah three four in the in the mid 90s right <laughs> so that was like a little tournament we had like players from uh norcal socal uh canada. chicago new york canada and then randomly four guys from kuwait who showed up and were actually surprisingly good um <laughs> and that was just sort of like um a, caught the tournament uh to bug where it was just really cool to bring players together and like watch and see what happened um and so from there it's just sort of been you know slow steady rumble of like hey can we do it bigger can we do it better and then the main inflection point there was in um 2002 where we did the first evo uh, and the, the goal of evo was like tournament scene was growing but arcades were unfortunately dying at least in the us and so we're like hey can we do this like cool tournament outside of an arcade um and then you know 20 years of slow organic growth leads to where evo is today um 
you know, we're, we've been involved with fighting games. Like, it's been a huge part of both of our lives for right. all of those 20 years and beyond. Um, it's just such a unique thing in gaming. Like, I'm going deep on Strive now, and, like, God, the feels that you have, the intensity <laughs> of the feels that you have when you're in a hype match, like, there's nothing like it. So just want to keep doing what we can to, you know, promote the genre and push it forward. Had you guys done something like that before, organize an event? I'm, I'm curious, like, where you got the idea to, to actually do that. That's quite, like, a, it's quite a step in a small community like that. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, we, we, we have, we're organized. I mean, like, we, we were sort of older than everyone. Like, we were, so early 20s in the arcade, and everyone else was, like, you know, 14, 15 or, or younger. And so... <laughs> If someone was going to run the tournament, like someone was going to get all these people on the internet together to do something, it was probably going to be us. And so we just sort of stepped up and learned as we went uh, the whole way. Um, like we um, we were the, the closest thing we got to organized competition was like sports as a kid. And so we knew what a bracket was. We knew what organized competition was. Right. But you know, B3 was the first event where we really handled the promotion and the, like the organization and how are we going to get prizes? And, oh, my God, how are we going to convince this arcade that we're going to like <laughs> take over this corner and just like, oh, trust me, guys, it's going to be cash flow positive for you because we'll be feeding quarters all day. And, um, yeah, it was a learning experience. And that's pretty much been the our experience the whole way, and, right? And record, is recording, every step, yeah. recording everything on VHS. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was a good, yeah. So B4, well, B3 was kind of an experiment, but B4 was the first one where we had a really great system for, like, mm -hmm. capturing all the footage. And then at the time, you had to go into a lab with all these professional VHS, VHS, yeah. VHS decks, right? So you have like four decks and you're switching these big tapes in and cutting and like literally cutting and um, and then try to sell it on the internet. Like, hey, you know, mail me twenty dollars. I promise you, I'll mail you four VHS tapes, right? Like, so, most hey. most people got their tapes. Most people. yeah, uh, eventually, eventually got their tapes, yeah. right? Yeah, I definitely always got my DVDs. Yeah, once it once it was on DVD. Oh, it was a well oiled machine by then. Yeah. yeah, they had fulfillment services and everything. It was great. Yeah, but back in the day, it was all homebrew. <laughs> all right. Uh, so it has it has changed a lot, right? Thing I don't know that we have time to go through the entire right. history of Evo, which is very very long well, and yeah, story. Like be an and a lot of stuff to say. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Before we go on, I just want to ask one question: Who won more between the two of you when you guys played? That's that's what I want to know. I want to know. Oh, it was Tom. Like the first tournament we played in, like um, he got first uh, and I got second. Mm. He played Dalton and cheap. He, he pulled out <laughs> new tech, right? Because people didn't know about deep hits, heats or any deep hits. Uh -huh. So I jump in with forward, and then he would take throw it. He'd like take the hit and then throw me on recovery. Uh, like, what is this bullshit? Like no. <laughs> so, um, so and that was pretty much the the legacy. Like we went to um, school in California and hit Sunnyvale Golf Land pretty early in our career. And Tom was on the grind. He was, like, taking the bus from school oh, to get to Sunnyvale Golf Lion nice. to, like, Masters Chen Li. And I was like, nah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm not that dedicated. So, um, yeah, I, I put my efforts more into, like, event organizing and running and stuff like that. And cool. um, okay. and Tom was on the grind a lot more than me. Nice. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, all right, cool. Well, you want to move on to talk about yeah. recent history for Evo? Okay, cool. Um, so last year there was a pandemic 
well, maybe that's the wrong tense. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should conjugate that differently. Uh, there's been a pandemic lately. Um, and and it, that, of course, changed plans for Evo. So you guys decided to do Evo uh, online. Before we talk about later cancellation of that, I'm, I'm very curious to know how that went you know, putting all of your efforts away from this in-person event, which takes a tremendous amount of planning, and then instead going into the online planning, which I'm sure also takes a lot of planning, but maybe of a different kind. How, how did that go? Yeah, I think the mindset there was seeing how the pandemic was hitting like locals and regionals and all the, sta the staff and the people who like, it's not only their summer, but you know, it's it's part or their entire livelihood, right? Um, and so we wanted to do something to like inject a little fighting game back into the summer. Um, and online was, of course, the only choice. Um, and then that was something that was very new to us. And so, um, you know, we leveraged the experts, like working with, um, you know, SAG and his team, people who have run online events in the past to say, hey, how can we pull this off? And they put together a great plan for us. Um, and we were locked and loaded and ready to go. Um, felt really good about things. And then um, I'm tossing it back to you for the next step, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, obviously things didn't go as planned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, yeah, things did not go as planned. Uh, you guys ended up canceling. Um, yeah. And, and that came in the wake of uh, revelations about what happened with Joey, Mr. Wizard. Um, and that was even in the context of a very fraught summer uh, with all sorts of other things going on as well, not yeah, just the pandemic, yeah. of course, but like justice issues and, and the like. Um, th that was a very active and, and a very, very um, difficult time in, in many ways. So what, you know, at, I guess I should narrate a little bit more. People began to pull out. Uh, some of the commentators said that they wouldn't go. Mm -hmm. Some of the, the players said so. People who were involved in running things said so. It, you know, it sort of began to, to fall apart. It felt like. What was yeah. that process like for you? And just go into, you know, how how you experienced it. Yeah, that was a pretty tough summer for all the reasons that you mentioned. Um, and um, you know, as we were uh, grappling with um, some of the things um, that were coming out around the community and trying to figure out how can we respond how can we like be part of the conversation to have the delegations hit like uh you know a joey a member of our team was uh was really painful um and you know the behavior there was completely unacceptable um have you know a lot of sympathy for uh you know people who've come out and and come forward with their stories and so when we were hit with that the conversation immediately shifted to like, of course, Evo Online is canceled because this is not is not how we want to go into this kind of an event at all um, for ourselves or for our partners. Uh, and so we immediately shifted to, um, you know, let's get to the bottom of this and 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 clean up our own house essentially. Um, and sure. so we've gone through the process, which is now complete, of um, completely separating, um, you know, Joey from Evo. Uh, so he's no longer participating in the company in any way whatsoever. Um, he will not have any reap any benefits from what he does now or in the future. Um, and that's done deal. Um, and so now that we put that um, behind us, um, we've really focused on um, working with our new team 
uh, and focusing uh, on what Ego has always been about, right? Which is um, building this unique experience that the showcases what's cool about finding games, and really how can we uh, do a better job of um, making sure that uh, you know we are holding ourselves to the highest standard and creating a intentionally a safe environment for all of our attendees and, and fans. Yeah, he he was obviously integral to to planning and running Evo and and had you know my understanding at least is that he had been taking the lead on that for quite some time. Um, how, how was it for you guys in not just the sort of emotional side of having somebody you know who did this kind of stuff, but but in in not having this third team member anymore, it's just you two. Like, how, how was that process? Yeah, so a little bit about that. Um, like Evo is much bigger than like the, the three of us back then, or uh, you know, you even look at like you know Mark and and Sag and the Game Gen guys are, have been like really valued partners who've carried a ton of weight for years. Um, and then you look at like our TOs who we've been working with for years, like all of our volunteers. Like it's it takes a whole lot. It's the whole community that puts on Evo, and so there was an impact, right? When you have you know a leader in the company who you know you have to find a way to you know rework the way that things work. Um, but the impact wasn't maybe as as um, big as you might think because you know the people that you see on camera over and over and over again. Um, are just sort of the tip of the iceberg of like the whole big team that runs Evo. Um, and one thing that was great to see was um, the way that like the broader Evo team sort of came together and we talked about this and people were really, really honest about sharing how this was impacting them. Um, and we tried our best to listen and like take that, those thoughts into account as we, as we rebuilt. Um, so yeah, like the, the operational side, like how do we keep doing this stuff? That was actually really straightforward. Um, it was more of how do we like be a little bit self-reflective and figure out how we can all be better, um, because you know, Evo attendees put a lot of trust in us, and we take it very seriously. We want to live up to that trust. Okay, uh, I mean, I'm I'm curious how how things are going now. Um, obviously, right. there's been you know further changes, or maybe that was accompanying in in how things changed. But how what what is what's leadership like at this point like how are you know are, are you guys in control like I, i'm i'm very curious how things are structured. is big daddy yeah. sony running the show cut right through it ask the question you need to know so Wait one of the things, yeah <laughs> one of the things that's been clear for us for a long time is um that we're sort of we're sort of hitting an inflection point of organic growth. Like Tom talked about, twenty years of organic growth, and Evo is like one of the most cherished esports events for the fighting game community. Um, but it's really big. It's so big that it's hard to do an excellent job at uh, everything you want to do on sort of borrowed time. Everyone's favorite side project, right? And I think <laughs> through the years, there there have been times where I think we didn't meet my expectation of ways where we could have done better and we'd been thinking about how do we bring on a really strong partner that could just bring a level of sophistication and maturity uh to the scene um and there have been those opportunities along the way where people have been like hey we can help you and it's always come with this and this is how you'll succeed in the future because we're going to change everything that made you successful in the past <laughs> like that open bracket you run that's a pure cost your way forward is exhibitions or something and so we've never really taken it seriously right um i think in sony we, we found a partner who 
recognized that um, what we had was unique in esports and magical, and and we really understood it. And they were interested in coming in to amplify it and take it to the next level, right? And provide the benefits that they provide as a very large company that's already super invested in fighting games, right? You know, like Sony is a really good platform for running. You saw, you guys saw the thread about maybe we can switch to PCs. Oh, like, yeah. And how many TOs were like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> the community has embraced the PlayStation console, and it's part of our shared infrastructure through gaming gen and other mechanisms. Um, and that just speaks to Sony's commitment. So it made a really good partnership right. opportunity, right? And we worked with them in 2019. You saw they were a title sponsor. And so it's not a snap decision, right? This is something that we've been sort of working toward and and now given the opportunity to reset for 2021 leading into 2022 it just it just made a lot of sense yeah Um, and our involvement uh if i can jump in real fast because like david you asked about like our involvement essentially we are like really really trusted advisors so there's um you know can we do we have the power to make decisions Technically, no, but we have a whole lot of influence. Um, so there's a small advisory board um, that basically, you know, advises on like long-term strategy and also like short-term, like what are we doing? Like, are we doing this showcase thing or not? Why would it make sense? And um, what I found like really great is that um, the team, uh, the broader Evo team, you know, set, uh, Chris is on this team, Mark's on this team, and also folks from uh, Sony and, and RTS, they actually listen to it. That sounds pretty basic. <laughs> but a lot of these times it's like, hey, yeah, you guys can come on and advisors and then technically they don't have to listen to you. But but this team like really, really does. Um, even proactively, like, hey, what, what do Tom and Tony think about this? Um, and they were upfront, like they wouldn't do the deal if we weren't if they w- we weren't going to be involved in this role um, because they know yeah. like awesome. there's a small number of people um, who kind of we br- live and breathe this. We, we, we know why Evo is shaped in this particular way and to continue Evo in the same, like a bigger, better version of what Evo genuinely is, they need our perspectives and they value it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with the way that the partnership is shaping up. Um, I think we have a great team and, you know, excited to, right. to talk about the showcase. Yeah. I mean, one quick oh. question before we jump to the showcase. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, knock on wood and everything, when Evo comes back in 2022, I mean, is it going to be like a lot of the same people? Like, obviously, I see nothing excess in the chat here. He's always been kind of one of the lead, you know, TOs and stuff like that. Is it going to be a lot of the same people helping run a lot of the the stuff at a live event? Yeah, Tony, that's your department. You want to? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you would expect, right? And so, like, Sony and RTS aren't coming in to be like, let's change everything about your event. It's like, tell us how your event runs and how we can help make it more successful, mm-hmm. right? And um, one of the things we told them was like, hey, here's our staff, it tears like this. And you know, uh, Andreas and, and Rachel are sort of running the show and then they have a fleet of trusted TOs underneath them uh, who have been running the show for like eight years and they know their job and they work really well together and they have a fleet of judges they've hired and then 20, 200 volunteer judges. Um, and this is what it takes to run the machinery, right? And like, sweet. What can we do to make that better? Maybe we can, I'm not going to give you any ideas because that turns into a promise, but we've already <laughs> talked about ways where uh, they can bring something to the table to really help either the the attendee experience or the spectator right. experience at the live event. Okay. But uh, it's what Tom said, it, like the people who ran Evo in the past are like, 
big team of like probably over you know 500 people if you get all the way down to it to volunteer judges Mm -hmm. those are the same people who are going to be running like 22 and beyond yeah Yeah. and just to be like hyper clear like all all the work that we've been doing with like um online and the showcase all of that is leading up to like let's get back to live events large-scale live events in 2022 uh, uh, and, and real quick before we move on, I do have just a quick question. When we come back to live events, are we going to see Smash? Uh, yeah, S- Smash has been like so part of some <laughs> of like the most iconic Evo moments over the past few years. Um, yeah, absolutely. We have a long, long history of Smash. You know, would love to continue to work with Smash. It didn't work out this year, um, but we. Um, we would love to have Smash in the future. And just again, to be hyper clear, like everyone involved with evo is a line that like we're we're an event for all fighting games regardless of platform and you know on the side we have an equally strong commitment to open tournaments just as we had before so none of that is changing didn't work out this year hopefully it can later okay Okay. cool i'm looking forward to the nickelodeon all-star brawl being there SpongeBob is uh, OP. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's talk about what was announced today, and let's talk about what's going to be happening in the future. Can you guys break it down? Yeah. So the showcase um, was actually, uh, I think it was Seg's idea in the beginning, which is, hey, online tournaments are great, um, and the netcode for games is getting better, right? But um, there's still uh, you. It's hard to have a really great competitive event around the world online it's just like there's only so much netcode can do right and so um let's have a separate event that is like an exhibition but kind of like a finals right and so you're taking all of these champions from the regional tournaments bring them together in a live event um which is more of a a showcase of talent right uh we don't want to call this like the, the evo world champion because it's not the the open event that anyone can participate mm-hmm. in that trickles up like accessibility mm-hmm. to the event isn't really open to everyone in the world right some regions are represented some people might not have bad net code sure. right but just hey all these people won all these regional tournaments that have like thousands of competitors and bringing them all under one umbrella to determine the champion of champions almost right that's going to be super hype right and we can just blow the doors off of it and it can add that that um capstone to the online season um and so that's what it's really all about it's about getting everyone uh the the proven players under one roof to determine who's the best one on that day yeah it's kind of like um it's kind of like a a compromise between what we really want to do which is massive in live events like we have and what's possible right Mm -hmm. so and you know i talked before about player safety there there are honestly some compromises that we're making that we're not thrilled about but player safety is number one. And so, um, you know, we're going to be at a, a pretty sweet venue, which is uh, the UFC Apex. <laughs> so that's like their arena that they've constructed for UFC matches in in Vegas. And that's part of the value that like a Sony can bring is like we can actually talk to those people in the tournament ball. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but unfortunately, we're not going to have a live audience. We tried really hard to get that done. But, you know, looking at the way things are going, it just didn't seem like we could pull it off and guarantee people's safety. Um, but like Tony said, this is our chance to um, see what we can do to really you know, tell the stories and, and have um, uh, a great showcase of talent in a live setting, which will be uh, you know, a long time coming. I, I'm glad that locals are popping up, but 
um, we want to sort of throw our hat in the ring and say, hey, we're here too. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, Vegas, I went to Vegas last month with my family. Like, it's open and I assume has been for a while. And it's, we're, we're all vaccinated. We're still masking up anyway. Nobody else is masking up in that city. <laughs> like, it was, they were not taking it seriously for sure. So I, as much as I think it would be great to have an in-person um uh, a live audience i i get it that that makes sense and it's hard yeah. to know how things are going to go in november yeah yep. i mean has there been any like difficulties i mean i'm sure this is just starting but like trying to fly out some of the players like i know like you know for brazil region they've we've had a history of they just won't give them the visas to travel and such like that i mean uh have you guys even began tackling that kind of a situation yet I don't think we're not there yet. Like, okay. um, yeah, you know, we're going to do our best, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and um, but it, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, we don't even know who the players are. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, well, talk talk to me a little bit about the regions, right? So you you mentioned that there are regions. The regions are basically in, and some of them are are then there are sub regions, but they are basically uh, East Asia, Latin America, North America, Europe. So as you mentioned, that doesn't include everybody. Right, there are people in Australia, Africa, uh, the Middle East, um, Pakistan, America. right, that that aren't involved here. Um, what what's the reason for picking the regions that you did? There's a balancing act in a lot of this. Um, one is how many tournaments can we run? Yeah, there's like what um, for the game that we're running. Uh, how good is the net code and how how does the game feel like you no know, for some games we split north america up and some we didn't yeah. right there's the the local laws in the region right there's our ability to operate in the region there's a lot that goes into it um we tried to strike the balance of being as inclusive as we could globally without just like blowing the doors off the budget right fair enough yeah yeah i mean I, i'm sure that there are just inherently going to be limitations in that just I'm yeah. curious about how that how that went um Okay, uh, let's let's talk to you about uh, the the games that were chosen. So it's Mortal Kombat 11, Street Fighter 5, Tekken 7, Guilty Gear Strive, Skullgirls recently put in as an official <laughs> main Evo title. Can you talk to me about how that choice was made? Yeah. Um, so you know we like we like the number five. That's sort of been traditional. Like we're trying to replicate kind of the feel of like an Evo Sunday. Um, where we have five titles, um, and we're always looking at a variety of factors. Like what, what number one is like what has heat in the community? What are people playing? What are people excited by? Um, we also want a lineup that reflects sort of the diversity of play in the fighting game genre. Um, uh, yeah, so all those things um, factor into the mix, um, and then um, this is how it shook out this year. Um, every year there's always like titles where we're like, man, we wish we could include it. We did that in past years and maybe like, you know, 10 years ago, we we're like, Hey, there's a bar. And if you're above the bar, you're in. And it, it resulted in people in that ballroom, like Sunday evening at 3am, just, <laughs> just like, you know, a bunch of zombies in the room. So we're yeah. like, okay, it's gotta be five. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's, that's how it, uh, turned out this year. Uh, but Skullgirls gets their shot. You know, this is the uh, the, the, long the longest time coming. <laughs> yeah. The longest yeah. time coming for Skullgirls. Yeah, look, I'm happy yeah. that they're there. Yeah, they just yeah. had a season one. They just came out with. I don't know what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Brand season new one, brand new, <laughs> brand new content here. So. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, the the history there being that they were very close to getting in in the auction year, of course, getting beaten out by Melee. And then last year were announced as an official game for the online, which didn't end up happening either. So they're Mm -hmm. they're finally in. I think that's awesome. Yeah, they, they, they made it. Yeah. So I know that you guys said you are not going to have live guests, um, but is there a possibility that people could pay for cardboard cutouts to be put in the stands <laughs> like baseball games? Because I would absolutely pay 50 bucks to have a cardboard cutout doubleware in the stands. This is, this is actually genius. There, there are people who have uh, streaks of going to Evo every single year. It's true. Yeah, I they actually be at Evo. could be there, kind of. Uh, you know, I, I think Chris has a, um, he has like an aversion to those signs, those big signs <laughs> that are like 20 by 20, <laughs> but, but I'll bring it up with man. him. I'll bring it up we, with him. This has to happen. Yeah, I think Sega's our shot caller here. I won't say no, but I'm not optimistic, but I'll, I'll, I'll I, ask him. I, it, I already okay. see right, Seg right. in the chat with no. <laughs> I would absolutely buy one. I'm yeah, for sure. Yeah. You guys would be thousand airs off this. this I is mean, a, what about? I mean, you're welcome. Maybe I'll we could do the cut. Thanks. The live video feed in the audience, you know, like they do at like basketball games or whatever, like that. So you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, but like a lot of people in the chat are saying, you probably have seven Jabalis there. Then as a result, so, you know, at least minimum, minimum seven. Um, All right. Uh, well, is there anything else about the showcase that we haven't talked about that you guys would like to discuss? No, I mean, James asked about, he had a theory about maybe, I and mean, I think David, you said something about like, oh, a new tradition, like, and so yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. also mm-hmm. looking into 2022 and obviously we want the return of the live event, uh, the big event. Um, and we're thinking about how does online and things like the showcase uh, contribute to creating sort of more Evo, right? Like Evo was hype for like four days, right? And the time leading up to it, right? But, you know, fighting games are getting really good online. And I think the community is getting both broader into sort of the diversity of fighting games and just more people who are interested in it. So how, how can we create sort of um, a more present feeling of Evo, right? Like basketball, it's not literally like June, it like starts in October and then it goes to June, right? And so, how do yeah. how can we bring like online in the showcase and the offline event and create like a really great Evo season almost? Yeah, I think like yeah. like this past say twelve months has been really interesting because we were forced online, and there's some good things about online and some bad things, right? Um, I think for 2022, we are trying to figure out, and I think the FCC needs to figure out. Like what? What do we think about online? Like going mm-hmm. forward, I definitely think it would be a mistake to, like, lean away from live events. Live events are totally incredible and unique, right? Um, so, given if if we're going to go back to live events, I think we should. Like, what's the role of online tournaments? And so, you know, right. what we're doing with Evo Online and the showcase and coming back big in 2022, we're trying to like experiment with different things and see what lands, see what hits. And so, um, yeah, plus one to all, all Tony said. Like, if we can have like other things going on at different times uh, of the year um, that ladders up into the big thing in Vegas, that would feel good. Um, you know, we're also taking another look at Japan. Um, we are committed to doing Evo Japan. Um, you know, this year, uh, this coming like 
usual timing of February is probably not going to work out for obvious reasons. But, um, you know, we're working with, uh, you know, the game publishers having great conversations there um, and trying to figure out, like, what makes sense to keep that uh, Japanese event going. So we got a lot of a lot of things that we're playing around with. And I think over the next year, you're going to see us do some new stuff. Uh, some stuff will hit, some stuff won't, and we'll throw it away. Um, but we're, we're trying to envision, like, a world where you have both, like, these big regional events, not just EVO, but, like, let's have all the regions come back because they're sick. Um, and then how do we augment that with like online or exhibitions or whatever else? Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I'm curious what you guys think of this. Uh, I've often compared this argument of offline versus online similar to the arcade to the console transition, which you guys kind of spearheaded at Evo. Uh, I'm wondering, I, I still have the video on a hard drive somewhere of you with the hammer on the joystick and everything like that. I'll, I'll find that at one point in time. But, uh, you know, do you feel like that that's kind of a, a similar situation? Like, do you, do you, do you kind of see some similar parallels, uh, with that transition? I actually don't. I think that I, I, I understand the progression you're making and it makes sense, but I think that's the wrong lesson because like we were forced out of arcades. Um, mm. And it took us, it took us, gosh, a good four years to finally get an out of arcade experience that was as good as an uh, arcade event. Yeah. And then it was like an upgrade. I don't think that happens with online. There are things that you get at a live event that you're never going to get in an online experience. And so I think like if five years from now, like there are just as many tournaments or more tournaments, but they're all online and offline, I think we will, will have lost something like essential. Right. Yeah, I think um, po poker is a really great example. I keep comparing fighting games to poker, and yeah. like you have online poker, and it has a role, and like you're never you're not going to sit at eight live tables at once, right? But a lot of people sit at eight. Like online has something to offer, but it's not going to replace live poker. I mean, it's just never right. It's a different experience. Sort of the fidelity and the quality right. is just they're not comparable. They're the same thing, but they're really different experiences, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of uh, fighting games, I heard that you guys are working on one. What's the deal? Is that, <laughs> is that happening still? Yeah, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the hand on this one. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. you know, here to talk about Evo. So you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know you had to try. It was a good try. Worth a try. Had to try. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Hey, you know what? Hang on a second. On. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. All right, I've turned off the microphone to the stream now. <laughs> yeah. You guys can totally tell us about a bunch of stuff oh, right now. So We're oh, off air? Boy. Well, thanks. This went really well. <laughs> so what's hey, going man. on with the, uh, <laughs> what's going on with the game? <laughs> no. Hey, James, ask, right, ask, him, ask him your question that you ask everybody before they go. Oh, yeah. Actually, this is a good one because I actually don't know the answer to this question. Where did Inkblot and Ponder come from? The handles. Where did those come from? Yeah, so my, um, I'm left-handed, so in grade school, you write with a pen, and you leave a trail of smudges behind you, right? So, <laughs> ink blot. That's cool. That's a they cool reason. Actually yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had an, I, I had another handle that I used on Usenet, and it didn't fit in the IRC NIC limit, so I had to come up with something shorter, and so I came up with Ponder. What are you pondering, Wait, what and that's was why the you old, came up with Ponder? Yeah, what was the old one, though? I think it was Wanderer. W A N D E R. Yeah, it's like eight letters. And I don't remember. Those are actually <laughs> cool names too. And and I will I will also say that Proton Cannon is also excellent. 
Excellent. Yeah, I can't take credit for that one. That was like one of the old Sunnyvale Golf Land dudes years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that one. Hey, thanks a lot for coming on and talking with us. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we appreciate it for sure. Yeah, yeah oh, thanks for the Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Take care, guys. Hey, uh, when that fighting game gets ready to come out, you're more than welcome to come back on here and talk about it. <laughs> yeah, <for sure>. <laughs> <laughs> more than welcome. <laughs> All right, we can we'll see you. We'll see you in five years. Still trying. Oh, relentless. Okay, bye, guys. Peace. All right. Once again, thank right, you for cool. Tom and Tony coming up on here. Sorry, guys, we tried to squeeze out some of that, no, you know, Project L yeah, stuff, but we're gonna have to hold that L for now and uh, move on to the next topic. So, <clears throat> very cool to hear from them. I'm glad things are going well on their end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was cool. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, let's get to as you just said, the next segment here. To the 5-5 matchup where we talk about whatever's going on in fighting games. Viewers ask us questions. We pontificate. We bloviate. You guys know the verbs. However. We have to ponder things, you know. (laughs) There you go. However, we only have two topics submitted, which means that the fact that we have two slots, as you can see on the side over here, means that we're just going to do them. Yeah, the third actually was one that was a repeat from last time. So, so am I, just, I erasing uh, that one then? Is that, is yeah, that, that one's not gone. real. That one's, that one's not gone. Real. Oh, dang. Okay, so in other words, see, this is special here, so I gotta do this here. Let me see There's not even any voting. Typically, the viewers vote on this. Yo, Not I, even any voting. Dude, I actually set a max to font size 50 on my UI, I need to increase it because I need to. <laughs> you know, fill the space. There. I wanted to fill. It's the too space. late, Rachel. No, uh-huh. you guys can ask mailbag questions if you'd like. But here are two five-five matchup questions. I guess let's just get to them in order. We can move on to the five-five here. Number one, we have Nickelodeon fighters, fast food mascot fighters, via Mugen deities and cereal brands via indie devs what genre tv network music artist life form genus <laughs> time epoch or metaphysical construct would you most want to see as a fighting game series i mean look everyone knows one of my traditional answers was i always want avatar and everything right but Obviously, they could be included in the Nickelodeon fighter, so that actually takes away my easy answer here. Let's see. You know, totally, dude. Yeah, the Navi would be sick. You know, I... It's like somebody actually I, wrote some fan fiction for that, actually. I, not that I've heard. I'm not aware of that. <laughs> I don't have, like, a, like a, a strong want for any new series. So what I, what I would give... If I had that wish that I could... Make this happen no matter what. I would give the One Piece license to Iron Galaxy so my buddy Keats could make his One Piece game. Oh, that's what I would do with it. That's what I would do with it. Man. I, I, that's, that's what I would do with that wish. Because I, I, I hate brands. Whatever, man. Like I like Marvel. That's like the one brand I like. Otherwise, I don't care. I would just picture Adam just like falling to his knees and just being like, Oh yeah, no, he would owe me forever. Like this is not a this is gonna be an equal exchange. That dude's doing me every favor after that. <laughs> but he would still get to make his dream game. That's what would matter. Hey, can you move on to the next topic? 
Oh, whoops. Sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot to do that here. Let's it's all good. Maybe, maybe fast forward a few Tony minutes back? here. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of that in a second. Let me make sure I have the question. Let's see. Uh, what would you most want to see as a fighting game series? That's a good summary of the question. <laughs> I was a fan of the full question. There you go. The Deities and all. Metaphysical. I mean, look, uh, I would love, actually, the more I think about it, I think, you know, uh, Transformers, a fighting game, a Transformers fighting game would actually be pretty sick. I think that would be cool. Like, the hardest thing about Transformers, I mean, this happened in the Transformers beat-em-up game, too, is, like, it's really hard to figure out how to make it so that transforming is useful. And so, like... Would you just make a Transformers fighting game where they would just fight each other as the robots? You'd have only? to make a Naruto style game, I think. It could just be their instinct mode. I mean, it doesn't need to be right. But I mean, like you change into a car. How do you make being a car useful? Right, that's, that's their choice, dude. I don't know why they became cars anyway. <laughs> Answer me that. Robots in disguise, dude. Robots in disguise. Cars. What? What a 1980s American TV show! Like, that's a why not? Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I feel like it would move. be better as like um, Mobile Suit Gundam type game if you're gonna do Transformers. I don't think you could be like a 2D fighter, and unless they don't oh, transform, which then right, it's just yeah. robot fighting. Right. Yeah, robot fighting, which is the thing that has happened. We have had robot fighting games. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I don't care about that many like media properties to be honest. The only ones that I do care about, some of them have had fighting games but i think it would be cool to see if i had to say i think i think you can make some sick fighting games out of the dune characters i think you could make a sick fighting game uh that would be you know lots of interesting backgrounds there are so many like different potential character backgrounds for that like all the sort of different houses and even if you list the further ones people become sandworms some gnarly stuff happens you know how that goes there are clones of people. It gets real wild. Sure. I mean, yeah. look, we as already had, know, a... as you well know. <laughs> yeah, as I've read several times. As you, I'm sure, have. Yeah, yeah, and haven't stopped after book two or three every single look, time. We we've already <laughs> had a Star Wars fighting game, and that didn't turn out very well. Okay. <laughs> we've had a few. There's there's been more than one. There is there's a fan made one being made as well right now. Really? Have you seen that? Dang. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I... Maximilian talked about it like a year or two ago. Soul Calibur had. Uh... A couple of them on there at one yeah they've had time, yeah so. there's been attempts <laughs> i mean it could be cool but it's just one of those things that hasn't been probably never will be <laughs> but have, the like, potential's there you, still... have, you could have like shapeshifter characters in there you could have maybe raban would be the command grab character that could be kind of interesting i think i think there's a lot of interesting stuff you could have you could have um Maybe like you could have one of the navigators be in there, and he's in like a tank, and it's r super weird. He's in like a water tank at all times. You guys know, you know the story. You know, so you know no, the Dune. Like, you know what I'm, no I'm one, not crazy. No one. Nope. I mean, there's a lot of Dune fans, but you're not gonna find it <laughs> with me and James. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think. Uh, I mean, that Lord like, of the Rings would be super sick, but, but again, I don't. I don't care about that many media properties. It's it's honestly here's the list. It's like basically Star Wars, Dune and but wait, David. Lord of the Rings. Like, that's 
the, the conclusion, is, maybe I mean, Marvel, I guess. I, I could have swore you were talking about it, right? Haven't you already played the Doom game? You were saying it's like one of your favorite games recently. It's really violent, like this first-person shooter or something like that. You just played it recently. Um, I know, I know, you're making a joke, but there is actually a Dune game, and it it is has an important place in video game history as one of the first RTSs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, that's right. And it was like one of the inspirations to the original Erzog, I think it was. You know, before Erzog's Vi huh. came out and stuff like that, or something to that degree. I can't remember how it worked. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, Weird gaming cool. stuff. I also think there'd be a lot of like interesting historical eras, but. Nobody gets that. I, I could. Con- I don't know why I could continue to make these jokes that are only for myself. We so need to create a brand new it's pit fighter. We need to create a brand. No, <laughs> I mean I actually would love like if someone ever gave me the project to work on a legit like ER Kung Fu reboot. Like I would totally be down to do that with Star and Tonfa <laughs> and actually give them names and stuff. It actually would be sick to make a fighting game with characters maybe from a bunch of different epics and you could have you could have like 80s punk guy and you could have like uh, from the future maybe like a bug species conquers earth so you have the bug species character and maybe you have like old viking guy from the viking age and, and he's in there and you, maybe you have and, and you know what um, you should and they're, be able... and they're and they're and they're killing each other right and time. you can hit five in buttons time. you could hit five buttons and chop off the heads and it'd be like an instant kill right like i mean if you chopped off someone's head they'd have to be dead almost instantaneously right makes that make complete sense to me i think we should ship it this sounds like a great idea we're going to sell this for a million dollars and then we could also do a different fighting game or maybe we could even take this fighting game and make it like a hologram in a dome right and have it so that they're like fighting in like this crazy like 3d hologram space or something i think that would be cool too all these ideas have never been done before never been done before never been done yeah, Time Killers has some interesting ideas that it stole from other games and didn't do very well. All right, let's move on to the next. Does one. anybody even yeah. know about Hollow? What is it called? Hollow Fighters, I think. Or what? I have no idea what you were talking about. Really? Nope, no. Sega no made these games that were like one of them was like this cowboy traveling through time, but it was played in a do- Holosseum. Thank you. Uh, inve- I knew Investigation Comb would come through, uh, but basically, like it was in a dome, and so it looked kind of three D ish hologram, something like that, and they actually made a fighting game for that and it was like awful it was really bad so dude even google doesn't know about it it wants me to change how i spelled that word uh wow <laughs> okay all right let's move on to the next one number two james also tries to i'm trying to find oh yeah here we go Holosseum. there we go oh my god Ugh, it I'm does paste- not look good pasting this into the-, the chat for you guys over here It's not very good. It doesn't look good. Okay, anyways, uh, second topic. Uh, topic I, number two. Should, I mean, do, in do all we, caps. Do we, do we feel like we should just skip this? I mean, I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, yeah, we've already answered enough questions. We probably don't need to answer this one, right? So. Give them their moment, damn it. <laughs> should FGC members attempting to shake hands be burned at the stake? That's the question, and it's probably the fourth or fifth week in a row and i like that this week it was rephrased 
and rebranded and made <laughs> even more extreme. And this is actually the week where it all works out. Yep. It all works should out. The well, I got to say, I don't think the people trying to shake hands at FG- FGC events should be burned at the stake. I think that's a bit okay. extreme. Yeah. Okay. That seems a bit extreme. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. What if I rephrase the question? Yes. To should the FGC ban handshakes in tournaments? Now, this obviously uh, is for safety yeah. precautions, right? This is due to pandemic, due to lockdown concerns, et cetera, et cetera. This is not like, you know, forcing people to handshake even though they're mad. I don't know. Like, is that where it might be coming from, you know? Or is this a purely I, pandemic thing? I think thing? so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you can take it however like you was, want, honestly. I, okay. I feel like it's just purely pandemic questioning, you know? Don't spread germs. E- either way, it's impossible to ban this. You can't ban people from touching each other in a close space, willingly touching each other. You know, like you you can't. You just can't do that. So, and even if you try to ban it, it's really not enforceable. It, it would be silly. So, no, I don't think it should be banned. Do I think people should be shaking hands during a pandemic? Probably not. <laughs> you know, like probably not. And at least have the sanitizer on deck so when you're done with that interaction <laughs> you can sanitize but no I, I don't think you should ban it because it's not enforceable and it's a bit silly it's a bit much but it's individual people will definitely need to be safer and like i said sanitize and wash our hands right, right away I mean, I do feel like we should remove the stigma that you should shake hands. So if somebody is salty and they don't shake hands, people aren't going to be like, oh, my God, he's not shaking his hand. He's salty. You know, like, I feel like we should just be in a system where if two people want to shake hands, if they want to hug because they're super good friends, if they want a fist bump, if they want to elbow dap, you know, any of these things. What I think- if I want to fight? No, what that's if I want to bump their face with my fist. That's 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 banned. That is oh, banned. Yeah, good call. That is banned. Yeah, All stopping right. such a wild sure. card, Tubo. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> um, look, the thing the thing about this is that, like, I, I like I said, I just don't feel like it should be enforced. Like, I don't want people to feel like they're obligated to shake hands if they don't want to. You know what I mean? There should just be like some sort of thing where if two people look at each other and they're like, good stuff. Or if one person puts out the hand, the other person's like, no, whatever, walks away. I think it's just, just be fine. So it's not required anyway, right? Like this is just a social expectation that right. we have that exactly. somebody's going to shake hands, right? You just, mm-hmm. you just don't want that to be quite as, uh, as rigid as it kind of currently mm-hmm. is. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of think this is already on the way. It's I feel like it's already been the case even before the pandemic that people were not shaking hands as often at events, instead doing like a little a little elbow or a little fist bump. Like that was that was yeah. becoming more frequent, it was becoming mm-hmm. more common uh, already. Not categorically, like there's still people shaking hands of course, but like that was in my experience anyway, a little bit more common. I have always gone for us a fist bump, man. Since I mean, I, 2008 and and I didn't, and for a while I was like, I won't do the fist bump. I insist on shaking hands, and I it's just of like course a weird, you did. Of course you did. Just a weird position to take. I don't know. Gigi, why. shake my hand. Yeah. Shake my hand. I, I totally <laughs> not, not, not even not even there. But like, I wouldn't shake somebody's hand to like say hello, or I wouldn't fist bump to say hello. I would be like, shake my hand. I don't know why. What a silly position to take. Anyway, young me, whatever. What are you gonna do now? 
I don't feel that way. Like now oh. I'm I'm on board with that. And I feel like I have been for a while to um to just to just do that. It's already it's already safer. You're you're getting the same thing across. You're not sharing germs as much. Even before we were thinking about COVID, we got sick a lot at events. It was common for people to get sick mm-hmm. at events. Somebody among the thousand people there isn't feeling well. Somebody's it's just gonna it just happens almost every time. Somebody's not gonna feel well. And it was a I mean, I remember like planning for uh, how to not get sick. Like I would take emergency or yep. some crap, right? Mm-hmm. Like we did that stuff. I and, carried hand sanitizer. I would rather not go yeah. back to that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather not go back to that. I don't want to get sick going to an event. Not with COVID, of course, but not with anything yeah. either. So I would be down to just do fist bumps or just to do elbow bumps or even to do the little like foot tap that people are doing now. You know, like There's a tap foot tap now? Else. Yeah, it's even a foot tap. Dude, yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, why not just, you know, I just bow at each other, you know? <laughs> like my my buddies from home that who I grew up with, we all we don't really shake hands and stuff. Like we just say what's up and and that's always been how we've done it ever since we were kids. So it doesn't mm-hmm. feel weird. It doesn't feel like we're like not doing something. But I know for a lot of people it's not like that. So like I I don't need there to be one way or the other at this point. Right. I just, yeah, I think it's probably a good idea to not going back to shaking hands constantly. It probably right. is smarter for us to just not do that as much. Doesn't You don't need to do it. I, I, I hope you both know, though, when I see you, I'm going to hug you. Dude, for sure. I mean, the, the first time we Come see on. each other after a year and a half or two years, maybe it ends up being, yeah. Come on. Uh, I, I mean, sure, I gave David sure. a hug. We hugged each other last time we, we saw did. each other. So Yeah, know. we we saw each other last month briefly. Uh, and yeah, totally. Yeah, so I I mean, when, I, when I've been I seeing people. Rick two years ago. Or two weeks ago. Also two years ago. There, but there two weeks go. ago. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. people again for the first time. Totally. Totally. Yeah, that of course. Makes sense. Of course. I mean, that's a different thing. As... But like just in terms of people playing against each other and stuff like that. I mean, like I said, Asians have been bowing at each other all, forever. And that, that requires no handshakes and, you know, no contact. And I think that's maybe we should just start bringing that into Western culture. Let's just start bowing at each James, other. James, if I walked up to you and bowed at you, how would that make you feel? I just weird. want to know for the record. If it was, if it was a normal social construct, sure. I mean, no problem. <laughs> but but so. I'm saying right now in America, I walk up to James Chen <laughs> yeah. and I bow. How does that look, James? Yes, yeah. I, I, I understand. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But I mean, not just in the context of shake of uh, of playing the game. I mean, like you go to an event. There are people who, like, we all know, like, people, maybe, maybe you're friendly with them, but it's not, like, one of your best friends or whatever who you, like, need to hug. It's just, you know, it's, like, somebody you know. Cool, I see. I haven't seen you in a while. Or or even if it's, like, hey, we're meeting for the first time. Oh, I'm David. I'm whoever it is. Like, maybe we don't need to shake hands. Maybe we can just do the fist bump in those situations. Dude, we need to normalize. You know, they always say it's rude to point at people, but we need to stop doing that so every time we see people, we can just be, like, hey. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. That's that's how we do it. That's that's the American bow right there. Is the hey, you know? I think that's Dude, it is the American bow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else on this one? Nope. We nailed it. Perfect <laughs> answer to the question that's been over hope, five weeks in a row. I hope that they're happy with the uh, with the answer, so that they have finally uh, yeah, received. I'm not even sure yeah, who's my, the person who keeps sending the, it in. We do the head nod. We do the head nod. My my buddies from home. That's what I was talking about. Like we we don't shake hands. We're just like, hey, what's up? Or maybe not, hey, what's up? Like nothing happened. Like we'll be like, hey, good to see you. Like you know, it's that. But we're not. We don't need to shake hands. You see the head nod. Anyway, 
different, different things for different people. That's how it goes. Yeah. Let's move on to the next one. Yep. Trying to set that up for you guys right here. I probably should have did this ahead of time here. All right. So what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got, James? What do we got, James? We're going to be talking about who gets into heaven. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about who are very important people in heaven. <laughs> in, in Guilty Gear Strive. I, I am there. I am VIP status, baby. Ooh, baby. All right. Are you going to put this on the internet? I don't know if that's possible. Oh, you have. Genius. Yes, Genius. That's what I, I don't know if that's to... possible. I think it's possible. It's possible, it turns out. Here are the lists of characters who have made it into heaven in Ooh, Guilty Gear Strive, nice. which is the highest placing you can get in the ranking system as it continues to bend up and down. That right there is for PlayStation 4. So if you can't see it, or if you're listening to this as a podcast, Soul, I'll just order it for you, okay? It's, there's not that many characters in this game. Soul, then Kai, then Ram, then Nago, then Chip, then Mei, then Leo, then Geo, then Potemkin, then Milia, then Axel, then Anji, then Eno, then Zato, and then Faust. And Soul has 752, just so you get it, and Faust has 201. So it is quite a difference. Yeah, and keep and in mind... Quite, there's quite a difference between even number one at 752 for right. Soul and Kai at number two with 603. It's quite a jump there. <laughs> right. One of the surprising and, things, uh, so this is the PlayStation numbers here, but there's also the PC yeah. numbers here as well. Yeah, that's and what what's actually interesting about this one, though, is that the PC numbers are significantly higher, which means there's a lot more people playing on the PC than there are we, on the... We can't see those. Oh, I haven't clicked it yet, so... Okay, Oof, okay. There you go. So there you go. So here's the uh, PC numbers now, and Soul is at 1,147, which is almost like two to 300 over 871 for Kai in second place. And uh, Faust goes from 200 at the bottom to about 313. But if you actually look at the the distribution here, like it's really interesting. The orders are pretty similar. Like there's definitely a few shifts, uh, but for the most part, in the middle, it's going to be May, Leo, Geo, Pot, and Milia, all about kind of I, the same. You know, they're I all. I thought it was the, really interesting that the top four on PC are the same exact top four on PS4. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so I I feel like there's no way that's possible if there isn't some crossover between ps4 and pc players like oh, i feel like I people are getting it on both like if i really wanted to i could go get it on ps4 right now as right, well right so i i feel like there has to be just some online grinders out there that are you know <laughs> on both consoles or you know both platforms and going hard because man what are the chances that the top four would be exactly the same without a good amount of crossover yeah i mean there really is like almost exactly the same order i mean some of these may is above chip in the pc and chip is above may on ps4 but they're and less than, but they're less than 100 people. separated in both of them right so yeah but they're quite close yeah and then on maybe the maybe the biggest difference one is that leo is just after may on ps4 but leo is actually after may then chip then potemkin then geo then milia yeah. on pc so right. that one that one's different but other than that like even the bottom five axel no axel eno anji zato faust for pc 
and Axel Angiino Zato Faust right. for PS4. So again, like very, very similar. It's, really just a couple of differences in here. And um, I mean, it's... I, you, well, I, let, let me ask this question. What lesson do you learn from this? What's the takeaway from seeing these numbers? Uh, the takeaway is there's a lot of Kai fans. Right. <laughs> because that character is not nearly as strong, I don't think at least. Right. As you would imagine him being second place on both those lists. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I really hope that people aren't looking at this and considering it a tier list. Yeah, right. so that's one of the important I, things. You know... Kai is the outlier on the upper side because he's very straightforward. Yeah. So a lot of people aren't going to start with him. Meanwhile, I really feel like Zato is the outlier on the bottom side because Zato is a strong character. It's just he's freaking hard to use. And so <laughs> I don't think a lot of people are going to be using him. <laughs> yeah, most people look at Zato and they go, no thanks. Yeah. So the, uh, the level of difficulty is too high. Yeah. Oh, and I then, feel the same way about... Uh, Axel, who I think is really, really strong mm -hmm. and better than most of the characters on this list, but isn't among the yeah. top. You know, like I, I think he he threatens for top four, five. Like he's in that he's in the running for it at least. And in this, he's more in the bottom five. And I just don't think that that's at all accurate to the tier list. So yeah, right. you can't you can't take tier lists from lessons from this. Except here's I think except Soul. Yes, I think I think mm -hmm. I think the the clear lesson from this is that. 1,147 people are playing Soul. It's way more. It's not a little bit more. It's <laughs> way more. And that's because, sure, he's a protagonist. You know, he probably would be one of the most popular ones. But he's way ahead of everybody else. And that's because people know that he's super good. Yeah, I, I feel like the yep. Soul, just like Kai and Zato being the outliers, I feel like Soul and Faust are the ones that are kind of actually representative of the tiers. I know people have been succeeding with Faust, but, you know, these people are amazing. You know, Hook Gang God is Nemo. Like, these guys are just amazing fighting game players. Um, and, I mean, it doesn't help that new players look to top players, right? They they want to know yeah. what's good. They want to know what's going on in the meta, right? Right. So when the top players are all saying that Faust sucks, a lot of these new players aren't going to want to pick up Faust. Like, why would they want to play Faust if... Hook Gang God says he sucks, right? You know, like, right, Apology right. Man says he sucks. Why would I play him? So I, I do think that that stuff matters, you know, especially for people that are interested enough to get into VIP status mm -hmm. on Celestial. Yeah, I, yeah I that could be right. That could be right. But, uh, like, one of the things that, you know, obviously the game is early. It's like a month old and everything like that. But do we get to a point right now where we start talking legitimately about nerfing Soul? <laughs> like, no, I mean, we've been talking I, about nerfing him. We're at the point yeah. now where people want to ban him. Like, it's, he's beyond the he's beyond the nerf. It's the point where people are calling him broken. Jesus. Like, yeah, Come on. I mean, he's he very clearly the best character in the game. It's not it, even up for debate. Right. Probably doesn't need to be doing 100% damage combos after one blocked wake by up. the opponent like it yeah or like one wake up reversal uppercut you know that's not yes does the character need some tweaking yeah it does it does okay. i don't think personally that it's by a lot i i would be what i hope for is that they're light on any changes they're gonna make some changes at some point i hope that it's light i don't want him to get blown up may be be conservative and maybe Maybe keep it so that he's one of the best characters in the game still, and then see how it is, right? Rather than being like, oh, here's five things that are nerfed mm -hmm. about him. A couple of things, 
okay, then see how it plays out. If he's still one of the best, maybe it's like Gears and he gets nerfed like five times or whatever. Like that, <laughs> that I would rather have that than um, somebody getting sent down to the bottom of the tier list. I right. think that that would. And, and that's the thing. A lot of people are sitting here talking about how, because the thing about it is, honestly, Arxis does not have the best track record right. when it comes to balancing games. It's like, Johnny's really strong in Exert. All right, we'll take one thing away. And then we gave him like two other things that made him better. You know, it's like, uh, Jeez, but what else oops. do you give Saul? Are they going to give him a shotgun? Like, what else question. do you Dude, I mean, the, so my joke, my joke yeah, was that, you know, we'll make Far S recover a little slower. But now Bandit Revolver is plus seven on block. You know, it's like, <laughs> all right, sure. But, I mean, uh, he, I think the nerfs to Soul, I think, are pretty apparent. Like, I don't think there's, like, a lot. Like, you have to nerf Far S. You have to nerf Standing 5K. How you do that is dependent on how you want to do it. So, for example, 5K could be changed to 5 frames. It could change to being a super pro-rated move that if you hit with 5K, you just ruin damage so people can still do the combos that they're doing. I said that same thing last week. I said that 5K should be 5 frames, and the chat went off on me. James Chen says it, you guys don't have shit to say? No. I see where you lie. No, no, no. I see see, where your loyalties are. (laughs) I was saying that that's a possibility. I don't think that's what they should do because you'll take away things that they're already doing. I would rather prorate it. Like, I would rather make it so if you hit with 5K, all damage drops 50%. Like, just, like, instantly kind of thing. I'm okay with that. But uh, far S, make it recover a little bit slower. Like, that's fine, I think. Make it so it's not plus or whatever, you know. Like, he probably doesn't need, like, wall bounce from half screen, like, from mid-stage. <laughs> like, you probably don't need that. Like, there's there's stuff where it's just, like, probably not. But also, it shouldn't be a destruction. I, I wouldn't want big changes to stuff. Just, like, yeah, if some of these do a little bit less damage. You don't always get a corner out of it or whatever. whatever. Not, not a mm-hmm. lot. Also, maybe clean hit DP doesn't need to do as much damage. Yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's not a lot. Of and, yeah. and, and, and I, honestly, I wouldn't even want all of these things that we've talked about. Right, but like, exactly. Mm-hmm. A couple, a couple, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Guilty Gear. Trying to head a CPT. As soon as Soul gets nerfed, right. Axel's the best character. <laughs> oh, okay. CPT China, it happened over the weekend, and Dude. James did commentary for it. <laughs> what a tournament, man. James did commentary for it. Yes, it was uh, It was exciting to see, again, you know, seeing China, just like Brazil, just like Middle East, just like Middle Midwest, you know, giving the opportunity for these different regions to have their own event. It was really cool to see, you know, the 16 players here. Got some cool representatives, you know, bad jury with the jury he, in his top 16 interview. He's like, I'm so happy I made top 16. And then he got top eight. And it's like, how cool is this, right? My My Ken just becoming a fan favorite with his crazy Ken. But I know we hit a world record. I know we hit a world record this tournament. So Joe Yang-ho was a Chun-Li player. He got to grand finals, lost to Ding Chun-Chu. He played a total of 19 matches versus Yurian and zero matches against any other character. 
He played wow. 19 Urian matches in his quest to the top, to the grand finals, and lost. He only fought Urian. China is very Urian. They believe in Urian a lot. Like every player was like, here's my main and my backup Urian. Here's my main and my backup Urian. Like every one of them had like 19 matches against you. He almost got to 20 matches versus Urian. It was If that ever happened to me, I would quit the game. I don't care what game it is. I would Dude. quit. I'm done. I never want to play this again. But it's not like Urian is the best. That's just no, a but weird... it's just so annoying. <laughs> and it's not like Urian is bad. No, he's good. That character is very strong. He's very strong. Yeah, no, keep I, I in would mind. be exhausted. He, I would just not want to do it anymore. I yeah. was like, yeah, he didn't sucks. he didn't beat 18 Urians. I'm counting each one. Like two out of three is five like if it was three to two, he was that's five the five of the Urians right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. he got sent to losers by Ding Twin Chu and then eventually got back there again and then lost to him again. <laughs> if he had reset the bracket, he would have had at least 22 matches against a Urian, and it was just like it's crazy dude it was yeah and all the Urians were amazing too dude but i mean the fact that he sent two of them to losers bracket with his chun li is really impressive so and uh so it was it was ding chun chu with Urian who won it and then as you're saying joe young ho chun second place then it was vx bao Urian bison then it was Choo Choo Urian Honda. Did he really play Honda in top Dude, eight? Did you not see the highlight clip? We were like, we was Funny, like, it was at zero o'clock in the morning. Dude, me, me and Jake Ryan zero. were just sitting there talking about how the Urian matchup is going to go. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to do this and Urian. And then Honda shows up and Jake just goes, Honda. And like, literally, both of us didn't know what to say anymore. So we're just like, call Ultra David. Wait, what was the matchup? Uh, Ken, he counterpicked Ken with a Honda, which I don't think is a bad matchup. But if you ever told me that there would be a version of Street Fighter where you would pick Honda intentionally to counterpick a Ken, I would be like, what is happening here? (laughs) I mean, it worked out. He won two and then he switched to Urian and the the changeup was so much that my, my Ken couldn't handle it afterwards. So he Mm -hmm. won three, one. And keep in mind, VX Bao only played Dictator against Urian. So if he wasn't fighting the mirror match, he was playing Urian. If he was fighting a Urian, he played M. Bison. So. Okay. Yeah, there was a lot of Urians in there. It was, cool. and, and, you know, you could tell that the China scene feels a certain way about him. A lot of the quotes, too, were like, you know, like, buff Urian. Oh, here's, like, Urian. Like, you could kind of tell that they, they fight him a lot. And Ding Chun Chu, by the way, is the one that sent Xiao Hai to loser's bracket. And then VX Bao with Urian eliminated Xiao Hai as well. So, yeah. Maybe he is the best character. I mean, he's certainly, like, a very strong character. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's the best character, but he's he's still good. He's still good. For sure, he is absolutely still good. But, I mean, it was... It was pretty hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Like, while it was going on, it was just like, I mean, at the end, I, I even made the joke that I was like, fighting games are so are something so Urian, you know? It's like, because <laughs> that's what it was, man. But a uh, good job to Joe Young Ho. And again, you know, that's a player that I haven't really heard much about. 
right? And he's Chun. His Chun Li was amazing. He had so much anti Urian tech. Like he was challenging. I mean, he has to apparently. <laughs> yeah. And, you, you think he'd have it, dude? The China guys are so good at OSing EX Chariot Tackle. We saw like three different players when the first hit of EX Chariot Tackle missed, they just hit it and punished it. Like they were doing like block OSs on it. Like if I'm too close and I block it, whatever. If I'm just outside of the range, the second hit's gonna take a while so I get to punish it. So Xiao Hai would do like Cammy's target combo. Other people would just like combo. Like I think Mai Mai Ken did the strong fear, back strong fears to it and stuff. Like you can tell that these guys are fighting lots and lots of Urians wow. out there, dude. It's crazy. Pretty cool. Yeah. Good work. All right. Yeah, I agree that Honda beat Ken before Ken got buffed. And I actually haven't fought against a good Ken since that happened. So. Yeah. Ken All is right. strong now. Ken is strong now. And, and it makes me happy to see Ken is being strong. So Let's talk about Evo. Evo warm-up rounds are still going on. Today was Tekken. I don't know the results for that. Sorry, everybody. But MK11 was yesterday. And I can tell you that the results for that were Tweety number one, Hijinx number two, Pop Tart number three, which was Garrus first place, then Jackie, then Kotal uh, Khan. There were some Robocops in the mix in top eight. That was rad. There were there was a Kotal Khan mirror match, which is not very common. That was cool to see. There were uh, I don't think this is the a bunch of different characters used, and it was a lot of fun. All right, <laughs> sweet. It was it was actually really fun to do commentary with wonder chef as well it's not something that we get to do very often uh but i enjoy it when it does happen and and it was it was cool to do something that was like evo branded uh or you know it's like something that is related to evo just cool okay so i'm probably gonna get yelled at for this but i forgot to change the long title for this one that's not the right one so i'm gonna paste the one that david wrote in the notes and so I don't want MK people coming after me for this one, okay? I'm just okay. updating it to what he told me to write down in here, so. James is telling on David. That's what's happening. I can't believe it. I put a he joke in there. He and is now snitching. That joke was for your private eyes, and now everybody sees it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> so anyways, Mortal Kombat 11 is dead. You think you know somebody. Yeah, I died. Um, it, it's, it still had... A lot of players this was a whole big process to qualify for uh evo warm-up rounds where you had to there were i think four different events to qualify for it and top two got into it if i recall correctly mm -hmm. something like that yeah uh, but it took a lot of work a lot of people entered it and it still it had a lot of entries uh and it's definitely going to have a lot of entries even still when it for comes sure. to evo the main one absolutely people it's should still not... getting a bunch of entries in other stuff as well i mean it's people should keep playing it Honestly, they should keep playing it. You see all these it's other scenes cool. like the Soul Calibur scene. We we don't know if our game is, you know, not being supported or not. We all assume it is. But at the same time, they're still playing it because they love it. And so MK players absolutely should keep playing Eleven because they love it. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, man, me being a, a Marvel player, I'm so pessimistic about... <laughs> fighting games continuing to get support that literally after the first season of DLC comes out, I'm like, all right, it's done. This, we, this is the game we got. Just, that's like the mentality I just keep. So Dude, the craziest get used thing to is it, like, NRS guys. Yeah, 
between the two most recent Marvel games, there basically was only like half of a season, there and was, that's it, yeah, right? I mean, well, Marvel Three got Ultimate Marvel, right? Like that was basically okay, the DLC. It was a forty dollar upgrade. Yeah, yeah. And then NBCI got one season, and so and that was barely a season because that character select screen will never, ever awful. not it's just imbalanced. Be, oh gosh, like Gross. the Samurai Jeez. Showdown character yeah. select screen is awful in terms of functionality, but like just visually looking at the Marvel one, like especially as an OCD human being, yeah. it's so Gross. brutal to stare at, man. It's so brutal it's to rough. stare at. I'm uh. with you. All right, that's it. Let's move on to the Mail next bag. one and the last one. The mailbag. My got part. Yeah, obviously there weren't a lot of topics because we did the show on Thursday last week, so we covered a All lot right. of the big stuff. So there hasn't been much happening since then. So let's just go ahead and do yeah, the nice. mailbag over here. And I believe we only have one mailbag question, I think. That's right. Dick. Let's take a look at our mailbag question. This comes via Dead Eye on discord and i'm actually surprised this fit on here and i'm kind of happy uh how would you classify these games arms dive kick for honor godzilla destroy all monsters nidhogg international karate barbarian on the commodore 64 virtua fighter 2 on the mega drive slash genesis a 2d sprite based port and punch out for the wii it's two player versus mode well, congratulations on fitting on that, but that's honestly like one third of the total question, which was asked in Discord. Uh, it was, I've been sorting my list of fighting games into different categories to show my non-FGC friends like a kind of restaurant menu to choose from for when they come over after COVID, which I think is a pretty cool uh, idea. Currently, his categories are 2D Grounded, 2D Air Dasher, 3D Arena, and platform, but these games, the ones he mentions here, are games that have stumped him. So he's wondering if we could help clarify how to categorize. Them. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I need okay. like I need a visual of those categories if I'm going to do this. Okay, hang well, on a it's second. all in the Tuesday topic ideas. If you want to see, oh what they man, are. why would I have that open? That's on you. Okay, well they're 2D grounded, 2D air dasher. Anyway, hang here's on a second. The deal. Hang on a second, here's David. Hang on a second, David. I think I got this here. 2D grounded, 2D air dasher. What was the other ones? Where are you putting these? 3D. 3D. Arena. So is those two separate ones? Correct. Okay. And then platform. Let's see if this fits. I got rid of the parentheses. There you go. 2D grounded, 2D right. air dasher, 3D arena, and platform. Got it. Arms oh. is, I would say it's an arena fighter. Doesn't oh, yeah. that make sense? I agree. That's, Arms is definitely arena fighter. Arms is wherever you put Gundam. Like, that's because it is. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. virtual it's lot. It's Gundam. It's Gundam. Yeah. yeah. It's Gundam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, dive kick uh, out of these would be a 2D air dasher. Air 2D dasher? air dasher. Air dasher. 2D grounded or 2D air dasher. I think 2D grounded. I think dive kick would be an air dasher. I mean, you could come up with a new category if you'd like as well. Uh, then it would just be a 2D fighting game. <laughs> well, that's not. I think it's a fighting game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm down with I'm down with 2D Air Dasher. I think that makes sense. It's I not mean, grounded because you can't walk. If you could walk, then it would be 2D grounded. Right, you can't but the concepts of it, I think, are still more based off of grounded because it's about that distancing and attack angles and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so. Is, so is a 
2D air dashing fighting yeah, game. What are you trying to say here, James? It's definitely, I think it's an air dasher for sure. I mean, as I, I, several of those characters have moves that are basically air dashes in the game. Hmm. So. Okay. Uh, For Honor is definitely an arena fighter as well. It's like, yep. what if what if arena fighting was a MOBA? It's like, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, and then I actually don't know what Godzilla, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters, all monsters. Is. is. It's a it's a game where you are Godzilla, and then there's another bad guy, and you're put into a big city, and you smash it up, and you fight each other. It's like it's like King of the Monsters too for. Uh, oh, wasn't this played in one of the uh, the the mystery tournaments or something like oh, that? Almost for sure. Almost for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at a picture of this, and I mean, it oh. looks like a 2D grounded fighter, but no, well, you can move it on a three dimensional plane. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's 3D. Oh, so this would be more like Tekken and Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah so I, I would call it a 3D. I would just yeah, call it 3D. 3D, 3D, and in fact, okay, apparently. Game. Cone owns it because he is a big Godzilla fan. So, oh, sweet, uh, sweet. Yeah, Godzilla's so amazing. He says it's 3D. Okay, uh, Nidhogg, definitely platform. Platformer, no. you would say, rather than 2D grounded? I would yeah, say 2D grounded. Yeah, there's a ton of platforming. You think so? Because the I, thing is... I, I feel like... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I feel like platforming is more of the nature of trying to launch someone off of the, 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 the play oh, field. Oh, so, so like, like Smash. Like yeah, uh-huh. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, we can go 2D rounded then. Okay, cool. Yeah, nailed it. International Karate. I have no, I've never seen this game. Never heard of it. I'm about to Google I'm International to... Karate oh, oh, video this is, game. This is just, this is just a... Uh, oh, it's just karate? Yeah, it's just a karate champ. This looks like karate oh, okay. champ. So this would be 2D grounded for sure. Yeah, for sure. 2D grounded for sure. Huh. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, oh, Epic's, this is on Wikipedia, Epic's released, licensed and released the game in the United States as World Karate Championships in 1986. Gotcha, okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right, and then Barbarian? what do we got? What's next? Barbarian? Commodore 64. Wow. Commodore 64 had something that could be classified as fighting game? I know. Well, I mean, what? No, it was, that Sango Fighter was just a classic PC. What the hell? I've never heard of this. This, this is, is I'm getting into the history books here. Is this yeah, one of the first definitely. fighting games ever? I mean, I'm honestly, actually, I'm watching a let's play of it right now, and it looks like it's basically Karate Champ, but like, well, it's like Pit Fighter, maybe. Barbarian. I mean, it's got Time Killer element. You could chop somebody's head off. It it looks to me, dude. I'm seeing characters roll. I'm seeing characters with footsies. I can't believe this came out in whatever it came out. I mean, hey, wow. look, at, look at this. That's look surprisingly this. interesting looking. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Look at this. You can chop people's head off, dude. Barbarian. This has got to be 2D heard. grounded. This it's has 2D to be 2D grounded. grounded. Yeah, for sure. I'll you guys word. I did not look it up. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And then the last one was Punch-Out, I think, for the... That's weird. No, Virtual Fighter 2 on the oh, that, Mega Drive or Genesis. That's 2D grounded. That's 2D, that's 2D, 2D grounded. grounded for sure. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. For sure, that's 2D uh-huh. grounded. Interesting. Punch okay. Out 2 versus mode. We. How did this work? Is is this only online? Oh, it's a split screen thing. Split it's like screen. Wii Boxing. Yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. Wii Boxing. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh. I mean, I feel like because um, of that, it has to be an arena fighter, right? Because it's behind the back. Yeah, but there's no arena. The boxing ring isn't really an arena. You're not really moving around in it, huh? Yeah. Is it maybe it's tic tac toe? Is that, was that what we're looking at? Ooh, this is the first one that it, might... this 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 could be three D or arena, I guess. This is the first one that is kind of stumpy, like stumping, you know. But considering I... it for his friends who don't play fighting games, I would call this a three D game. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, it doesn't need to be precise, maybe. And 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 yeah. actually, I, I think I think his friends would think of three D, and this is what they, they would think. I of. think actually, John Knight probably has it right. I don't think you would qualify this as a fighting game. I think you just might call this a sports game. I don't think that this that's would be true. a fighting game. That's very true. Yeah, that's right? very true. Because a lot of sports games that you play are one on one, even though they're team based games, but they're one on one if you guys are playing like basketball. So you can't count every sports game as a uh, as a fighting game just because it happens to be boxing, right? So All right. Well, you know what? Oh. It turns out that we did get a couple more mailbags uh, that just came in later than I actually checked. Uh, let's let's save most of them for the next week, but do one of them. We'll do one of them. Okay, well, which one? Paste it into the pick. paste uh, it yeah, into we'll the chat it. hosts here so I can see this here. Yeah, David, do it. Oh dear Jeez, God! Guys. <sighs> oh dear God! God. Are you, uh, did you explode? No, it's. So Did you get catted? One of the things for uh, ever since Nathan had the urinary tract infection, I've had to add litter boxes to my home. And so I put one upstairs, and Nathan is just, I mean, sometimes it's just vile, dude. Oh. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's the question. Jesus. There's the question. We're going to pick Stephanie's question. We got a few others. Like I said, my bad for not putting them up here before, but. I'll just make sure that they're on the show next time. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Uh, and I'm putting this up here because one of us is going to have a very, very direct answer to it. All right. The question is... The question via Stephanie is... You must pick one. You either vomit on cue twice a day, noon and midnight, or you randomly fart loudly without any control at any point during the day. Which do you choose? Uh, well, let me tell you guys. I live the vomit life. Yeah. So uh, I'll take the random fart. No question. No questions asked. Yeah. Throwing up is rough. Throwing up sucks. It's not, it's not that it, like, the farting one, I feel like you carry around a card like uh, right. Joker in the Joker movie, and somebody's like, oh, you think it's funny, huh? And you just, like, give them the card, and here's why I'm laughing. Here's why yeah. I farted. Like, you just carry around that card. Yeah. Um, I, and, and it's not, I think that's not big of a deal, or that big of a deal. And, like, a lot of that, a lot of those farts are going to come out when nobody's around. You're just at work. You're just at home. You're... You're in bed sleeping, whatever. Yeah, it could like, be at 2.15 a.m. Okay. It could be whenever. Yeah, so I would absolutely pick farting. I mean, look. Absolutely The thing farting. is, if I had a condition where I farted randomly, really, really loudly, 
Like, I would have my doctor write a note and just, I would have it on me. If I'm with friends or meet new people, I would warn them ahead of time. And if I'm in a public environment and it happens, I'll just show people this card. Like, I just can't do anything about it. I'm sorry. You know, like, I think that... Yeah, you have a little card to give people. Right. But but I I feel like I've seen this in some sketch comedy thing. Maybe it was an SNL skit back in, like, the 90s. I feel like I have seen this and like the idea was basically yeah he just like lives his life and he's you know it's no big deal but he farts and it's the farting is very funny but I think that is a because vomiting sucks man I'm telling you vomiting's just bad and and, and for farting some of those farts are going to be hilarious some (laughs) of those farts are going to be genius timing farts you're going to be at an opera and right as the aria meets the crescendo, you're going to rip the huge fart. It will be classic. You'll have stories to tell. You know, you'll tell your kids about the time that you exploded <laughs> in front of everybody else. Like, that, it'll be funny stuff. Whereas vomiting is just always going to be bad. There's no upside nice. to it at all. And plus, the other thing, too, if it's at noon and midnight guaranteed, that really limits what you're able to do. You have to be ready to puke, like, at work or let's say you're watching like the 11:30 p.m. showing of something, right? You're going to vomit. You're going to have some terrible situ- you it would control your life a lot more than farting randomly, you know. Yeah. It would. It yeah. would. It sure would. <laughs> As Tabor doesn't need to speak in the condition. Yeah, at all. exactly. Yeah. No the- no theories here, so. Yeah, I guess for those of you that don't know, I've had a condition for a while now. Uh, where I just puke and my stomach hurts all the time and I'm not in a situation where I can get it checked out. I have to figure out health insurance stuff. Please don't send me any advice. I've been through it all. You're just <laughs> going to tell me stuff I already know. For fuck's sake, please do not spam right. me with any of that stuff. I appreciate the thoughts. But yeah, I, I literally live that life. Dude, so, like... And it's 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 random though. It's not like yeah. you know noon and midnight. That would be more convenient actually. I'd prefer that. That'd be great. <laughs> then I could plan my life around it, and I'd be like, "All right, guys, gotta go do my midnight puke, and yeah. then I'm good to go." And look, but I yeah, t- healthcare I mean, in America sucks, yeah, guys. People are saying because, like, even before the stream started, I'm in like my third or fourth week of the most intense back pain that I feel like I've ever had. Sure, would be nice to be able to go see a doctor about that, wouldn't it? <laughs> be sure, really, sure. really cool sure. if I could go see a doctor about that. But you know, and uh, sure would be nice if you could see a doctor. It would be sure, sure be nice if you could get taken in an ambulance to a hospital without having that cripple anybody, you know? Yeah. Ugh, God. It sucks. Our, our healthcare system is the worst. It's bad news. Bums. All right. Well, thanks. On that positive note, thanks for watching yeah. the two yeah, things, everyone. <laughs> However, the farts could be hilarious. So let's just yeah, end that's, on that's the, the upside of all the funny ways that you could lay a fart. For example, one time, this is a true story, my brother did one in the middle of my cousin's wedding. There they were. (laughs) They were actually doing the vows. No. (laughs) They were actually doing the vows. And and what was funny, so we were like kind of in the back, but it wasn't a very big room. It wasn't like a huge wedding. Yeah. And so my brother rips this fart. And everybody in the audience looks around at us. The, the people who are getting married, my cousin, like, they didn't. I don't think that they noticed. Maybe they didn't hear it from up there. However, we were close to the person who was taking the video. We were very close to them. <laughs> Great. So, There's so a it, big old fart on that video somewhere. It sure is. 
you know, oh, as, if man. I was the video editor, I'd have to be like, mark that time down, mute the camera, you know, mute the video. Uh, he was a little guy. He was, he, you know, he was at the age where, like, you know, sometimes kids just, like, run around. Like, he wasn't doing that, but he was... I don't know if he knew that you were supposed to hold it in or what. Like, don't it was lie, David. Age. This was Maybe when you guys were all in college. This was a ripper. <laughs> this is all when you were in college. You did it on purpose, dude. I'm not going to lie. I totally imagine you guys being adults. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 100%. I was expecting like 23-year-old David and his 20-year-old brother to <laughs> yeah. ripping farts in the middle of the ceremony. Cracking we up do, and everything. We do, have, we do have named farts, like there are stories that are where the farts yeah, are named. That that's we that's what I mean. This sometimes. is the Graham family legacy. <laughs> oh, man. All righty, let's get out of no, here. No, I mean, one thing, someone asked me, gross. what about Obamacare? So I signed up for a health care last year, which was a PPO. Uh, turned out it was a special PPO, which means you couldn't see any of the doctors outside of their uh, network. Which means it's not a PPO at all, but it was labeled as a PPO. Uh, I asked every time I called the doctor, they're like, we don't take that. We don't take that. We don't take that. And then I finally signed up for one of the recommended doctors that they had. And I called them. I'm like, I need to see a doctor. You're on their list. They're like, okay, we'll call you back in a little bit. Pandemic. We're taking orders. We're, take, we're scheduling whatever. Wait a week. Wait two weeks. Wait, three weeks, never got a call back. So I finally called them again and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, our doctor's changing this to this thing where now you have to pay this extra fee on top of everything that's like a few thousand dollars for the year. And I was like, are okay. you serious? So literally I paid several hundred dollars a month last year and could not see a doctor. I never saw a doctor. So I'm literally sitting here with no health insurance right now because having the health insurance last year did me absolutely nothing. Did me absolutely goddamn nothing. So what am I going to do? <laughs> so I forgot what that stupid fee was called too. It was like some sort of like appearance fee or some stupid shit like that like a doctor's fee yeah doc i was like what, it's what doc like apparently rich doctor <laughs> it's just like it's crazy dude it's really nuts dude and you know you'd like to think that your life isn't as important as money and all that stuff like that but trust me like you don't you don't really get that kind of a choice in in the positions that we're in you know that's the that's the horror that's the worst part about it <clears throat> for sure Yep, it's called. Well, the, all right, that's a all right, everybody. Show. Thanks called, for hanging out. It's called the poor man's tax, man. That's what it is. Thanks again right to Tom and Tony for coming on to the show, yeah, definitely. chatting. That was super cool. Yep. All right, guys. All right. I'm it's a bird time. Bird. They're about to get birded. I don't think you guys can hear the birds. Can you hear the birds? No, right? Only when you talk. Only when I tell you. Oh, probably because you hear it through my speaker, right? That's probably what it is. It's really quiet. Yep. So. Okay. That is correct. That's what it is. All right. All right. See ya. Later, guys. Oh.